Join the discussion by dialing 724-447-444. Call ID 90337. Hey, hey, hey. Wow. What's going on, everybody? How you doing? It is Monday... Uh, it's June 20th, it's 2016. I'm Chris, I'm the ho- host of the Hoaxbusters Call. We're doing the Hoaxbusters Call. can't even say hoax, hoax, Hoaxbusters Call. Yeah, it's not that hard to say, just gotta... Oh, enunciate. That's a word too. Oh, uh, who's on the chat? Uh, Mona Montgomery's here, Richard Benedict's... 73 is here, and the talk shoot monitor popped in. All right. Uh, yeah. Hey, what's up, Richard? Richard Benedict, 73, in the chat. Winder. Uh, man. Yeah, it is. Uh, whoa, it's 91 degrees in Oklahoma. We got standing water around town. I was kind of joking around with John the last time on the afternoon commute that, uh, oh, we are talking about swamp weather, swamp weather, and it's it's been raining here, and it's like, it's really, uh, man, it's just crazy with the, everything, like, growing weeds and shit. We got all this, all this uh, Johnson grass that grows, like, Talk about weeds and weeds that grow like seven foot tall all over the place. Uh, everything's growing. And it's like, yeah, it's like a, uh, we're joking around about it. And I saw a, a, a news story here in the local news, like a couple of days later, that somebody, somebody found an alligator out wandering around somewhere. I was like, oh, great. Yeah. Oklahoma's going to be getting alligators. Alligators migrating in, but, uh, I don't know. It showed a, like a baby alligator or, or, you know, I guess people buy those for pets and they get loose or whatever. I don't know. Apparently somebody found it out by the lake. It's like, I don't know, man, there might be alligators living around. They don't know what's out there in the, in the refuges and the, you know, it's all kinds of stuff. Could be alligators. I don't know. Maybe they, I don't know why they come up this far. I don't know. Um, maybe a maybe a a pet gator that got loose, or maybe a fake news story, or you can't never tell. But um, yeah, wouldn't really surprise me that much if there's gators here. I've had a friend of mine tell me he saw a wolf dead when he was out hunting with his friend, and it's like, yeah, we saw we found a wolf. It's like, how you know it's a wolf? He said, dude, you can tell. You look at it. It's a, definitely a wolf, no doubt about it. It's like, oh, you sure wasn't a coyote? He's like, nope. 
There wasn't no coyote. He knows what a coyote looks like. I said, oh, yeah, I believe you, dude. I don't... <laughs> now, if you got to tell somebody who's a quote-unquote expert, they're saying, oh, absolutely not. But they said the same thing about uh, mountain cats. Oh, uh, yeah, we, didn't have, man. we don't have mountain cats. And then, yeah, they're, of course, one turned up out here. It's like, yeah, you got mountain cats. They're out there. You don't see them, but they're there. Probably wolves, too, for freak's sake, and everything else. Gators. Uh, yeah, I don't really know about that for sure, but... Uh, wouldn't yeah why why not the conditions are right you know gators will be comfortable around here in oklahoma uh let me do this i just messed with the audio here um well 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 uh go over to the uh notes and uh Mr. John Adams sent me a, a quote. So I'll read this. This is out of uh, Changing Images of Man. It's the book uh, John's been reading. Uh, it, it says, we, if, we are, if we see ourselves as separate from or superior to nature, then an exploitation ethic can be fostered more easily. And if we separate ourselves from nature and see ourselves as inferior to it, it will be easier to exploit and strip mine man. In fact, as the idea of progress becomes indistinguishable from the idea of science and the scientific pursuit becomes more objective and reductionist, the images of mankind that it has fostered have also become more fragmented and out of touch with the mystic forces that the pre-scientific ceremonies, rites, and rituals help man to experience. And that... Uh, it's from that book. Uh, who wrote that book? All oh, right, just here it says edited by O.W. Markley and Willis W. Harmon. <clears throat> I don't know who wrote it, uh, but that is a rather interesting quote. Uh, snippet out of that book. What is that saying? Well, what I've been saying and. What we talked about on these calls is that we're inside of an artificial construct. I mean, that's analogous to the to the Matrix films, I guess. If you want to draw that into it, people like to point that out as like being a uh, a metaphor. What what exactly is it a metaphor for? I mean that we actually live in some sort of computer simulation. I don't know. Who knows? But I don't think the nature of reality of itself is understood in the way that is communicated to by way of uh, modern day, you know, quote unquote science or scientism, you know, material, materialist, reductionist, naturalistic philosophy of everything. I don't believe in that. Uh, what is at the underlying core of reality? I uh, don't think that people actually know, even scientifically. They're going to tell you, oh, it's, everything's made up of 
molecules. Molecules are made up of atoms. Atoms are made up of quantum components, quarks, and uh, uh, whatever else is a, uh, a quantum component. And then, you know, what What does that even tell you? And they said, oh, well, you look at it, and it's uh, one minute it's a wave, and one minute it's a particle, and it, and it's all contingent upon the observer it's like well really what what are you even talking about do they even know have they even went far that far down into digging down into the nature of reality or you just get told some fairy story and it's something totally different entirely it's like can you trust these people that are telling you this stuff can you trust anybody inside of the system if it's coming from the, an authoritative position, I don't, I don't trust them. I reserve judgment and then I'm content with knowing that there's just some things I just don't know. I just don't know. And that's okay. I don't know everything. Uh, but I don't, I know enough not to trust the quote unquote authorities I certainly don't trust the quote unquote the the, the so called media. I uh, don't trust them, and man, alive! What do, what do we have with all this? Okay, the mass shootings, the terrorism, the terror events, the bombings, the shootings, the the high profile events we talk about a lot here. We talked about them last week on the afternoon commute. Uh, that's what we talk about a lot here. If you haven't tuned in before, welcome to the to the podcast or the live stream or however you're listening to it. And that's, we talk about this a lot and it's also tied in with, okay, you want to talk about the current system we live in and have an understanding of it and what it actually is. Um, my position is that we are in an artificial construct called civilization and it, you know, this is not limited to necessarily the Western world, so to speak. It is extends out everywhere. The uh, it's like the American Express. It's like it's uh, everywhere that it's accepted. Or like what, as I was trying to draw from pop culture, old commercials. It's like yeah, wherever. It's like the Visa card commercial. It's like oh, this is a legit. It's like the old campaign they used to run. I remember. It's like, yeah, this is a spot, but you know why it is? It's because they accept Visa, so it's it's a place to go. It's it's civilized. It's 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 hip. It's in with it. It's in in with the program and the coordinates and all that. We we take Visa. They take Visa. That's how you know you can go there and have a good time. And that's you know communicating to you that oh yeah, it's civilized. You're gonna have all the creature comforts. You're gonna have all the amenities, and you ain't have to worry about that old dirty greasy cash money carrying it around uh you got visa will be accepted here whatever cobble san lucas or whatever and uh well that's that's quote unquote civilization where you have people like it says in that quote you're 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 uh been extracted from nature and that you have it, what also 
is the case is that we are totally dependent upon the system, the integrated system and the division of labor and the specialized fields and got people that are into agriculture and they have that as their career choice. And then they, um, are involved in that. And then everybody else in the system that lives in the cities and the urban areas. And even like now in the smaller towns is like, they don't even know the first thing about planting a garden or anything like that. They just don't know nothing about it. Probably never got their hands in actual soil. Probably never dug a hole in the ground. Probably never saw dug up earthworm. Probably never, uh, you know, ate anything that they grew themselves totally unfamiliar you got people that are growing up in these cities and like uh there's the account of the blackout that happened back in i think the late 90s in new york city and one thing that like wow it was so profound and i was moved by it and I, i tend to believe this is like there was people that were saying that they had never seen the stars in their whole life, they'd lived, born, and raised there. And there's even older people. And they said, what is going on with the skies? Uh, stars. They'd never seen the stars in their life until the power went out. And I was like, wow. Now, what is that? That is pretty profound. I mean, they're so disconnected. And it's like, yeah, how can that even be right? Don't they get out to the country once in a while or take a yeah. I don't know. Maybe not. There's people that never have left a 20 mile square area, 30 mile square, their whole entire life, 20, 50 mile square area, maybe 20, maybe is pushing it, but uh, yeah, you, you see what I'm getting at. So you have people in the system, which if you look up the definition of civilization, what does it say? Let's see. Uh, when the, and characteristic of civilization is the domestication of animals and humans. It's like, oh, really? That's the, uh. Oh, you're talking about back in the Aztec days when they used to domesticate humans and have, like, slaves, or in the Egyptian times when the, all them slaves were pulling the blocks around. Those domesticated. It's like, no, you, idiot, you. You're domesticated. That's why, you you know, if you were left to your own devices, you would die. You would die fast. You wouldn't... <laughs> If you had to grow your own food, if you had to get, if you had to hunt and gather, if you had to survive on your own, you would be dead in short order. Even if you wanted to say, okay, dude, you're going to go from, okay, the end of this month and you're going to have to live out to the end of this year and you're going to have everything that you uh, eat it's going to have to be stuff that you come up with on your own and you can't be dependent on civilization in way, any way, shape or form. Pick, you know, four of your closest friends that you think that would probably be better in a survival situation. And all of you are going to go and live uh, and scrounge up your own food. And it's like, how many people would be dead? They would be dead. Now they show this stuff on TV where they send people out in the wilderness, but it's like, yeah, they got the camera crew there. They got, the camera crews probably got cliff bars and, you know, heat lamp hot dogs in their pocket in case somebody gets too hungry or something like that. You know, that's all fake and contrived. 
but then on top of that, they got ammo, they got hunting gun, they got supplies and stuff to go hunt or do this or that, or they got, you know, experts on scene to say, oh yeah, set up a, set up a, you know, a snare trap or whatever, and they might catch a little rodent or something. That's all, that's all just, just completely, totally contrived, obviously. But yeah, you're, in other words, we're so wholly dependent on civilization and, well, going into all this is like, uh, you know, you we see this stuff out there in the news media, and you know, I'm sure, probably most most people listen to these calls, audios, podcasts, or whatever you want to call it. Uh, they're they're aware that the media is like, uh yeah, it's a, it's just a festival of lies and bullcrap, just nonstop. I mean, I'm talking about. Totally fake events. Totally fake events. Totally fake. Totally fake. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, uh, at this point, I mean, come on. Come on. I mean, look at the stuff. So we'll go into that. We'll go into this Orlando shooting thing. Uh, since... Myself, John, and uh, Jay uh, talked about it. There's been other, a lot of other stuff that's come to my attention about it. And it's just totally ridiculous, outrageous, over the top. It's incredible, mind-blowing. Just totally ostentatious and absurd. Theater of the absurd. How more obvious can it possibly be? I know I say that a lot, but it's like, how more obvious could it possibly frickin' be? How obvious could it be? It's obvious. It's, it's, wow. Just one thing after the other, after the other, after the other. And, and, uh, is it me? Because, you know, I've been doing this for so long. We've been talking about this for so long. How long have we been talking about this on these calls? We used to do these calls and you know, Marcus way back and like we were, I remember we were talking about the Boston bomb and like, I didn't even know what happened. And I found out about it on the call and Marcus and, uh, Jan and, uh, uh, some other guys or Tim, uh, uh, Tim from DC and other guys that were, uh, we do these calls. And I was like, Oh, what are you talking about? Yawn And he was in, he was, he's from, uh, um, uh, Norway. So what are you talking about, man? It's like, yeah, you know, uh, they had a bomb there in um, in uh, Boston, the Boston Marathon. It's like, dude, what are you talking about? It's like, go on the internet, and I'm like, oh, the, okay, Boston bomb. Oh, let's look at this stuff. And then and I remember Marcus sending me, oh, like, here's the aftermath of the bombing. Check this out. And I said, no, man, what is this? And he started laughing. He said, yeah, that's the people that got blowed up. And that's it's a picture where you see the like the the guy that got his supposedly got his legs blowed off below the knees, and there's people standing around. There's blood all on the on the. I was like, what? That's 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 fake. That's fucked. That's fucking ridiculous. And they said no, no, because I was just getting all of this first impression. I was just getting all this in first impression. It was like uh, I thought it was a pretty good call. You go back and listen to it. I mean, it, and it was like. Okay, what are your first impressions? What are your first impressions? Like that's 
freaking fake. And then you can say, well, I, you know, Chris has got confirmation bias. It's like, <laughs> no, it's like the blood, it's like that blood don't look real. It's like paint. You go, look at it, it's like paint. It looks like something, it's not blood, real blood. But, um, yeah, you know, so you come up to this Orlando shooting nowadays, it's like, well, you know, this is just, I have all this confirmation bias and I'm just seeing this stuff now. And then plus on top of it, I got more people sending me stuff through the emails and all that. And you get know, gotten a lot of emails last week, a whole bunch. And yeah, if I haven't responded back to you, it's like, it's, it's cause I just been getting a bunch of emails. I've been checking them out as I have time and, uh, posting stuff up as I, you know, say a lot more stuff that I want to post up. It's like, man, wow. Really? Really? Oh, this too. Oh, Oh, this guy's an oh, he's an actor too. And one thing for, I'll mention, I'm thinking about is it, like uh, uh, John relayed uh, something to me from Marcus, and it's like oh, the guy, the owner of the Pulse nightclub is also he looked at his link LinkedIn page and he's and he's um, a member of some like he heads up some like theater group. It's like oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, okay, he's theater act, you know, theater theater group and all that, you know, dealing with actors and stuff like that. He just happens to be up in that, all up in that, the, the owner of the Pulse nightclub. And then you look at the the, the supposed shooter and uh, you, you go ahead and just dial up his uh, IMDB page, look at the, look at the different uh, projects he's been involved in, an actor. Then you look at his... Uh, the one I've actually seen is the one where he's uh, in this documentary and he's supposed to be like a, a, a gate guard for British petroleum. And it was some documentary about the BP oil spill. Now that was a bunch, that was a total lotus crap. And we talked about that too, how that was just a total overblown load of crap. All oh, the golf and it's everybody, all the fish is going to die and everybody's going to die. And they got the correct sick and they got the correct. It's going to fuck everything up, fuck you up. And it's coming down in the rain. It's fucking everything up, killing everybody. Everybody's dying. Everybody's starving to death. There ain't no job down there. Kill all the fish. Everybody's depending on the fish. It was like, kill. it'd kill all the fish. And then it's like, oh, all right, who's following up on this? And I was like, nobody's following up on it. So I guess I'll have to do it. And I called down to a, uh, one of the bigger fisheries down there and this dude, Harlan Pierce, he's like, yeah, there ain't nothing going on down here. The only problem is people are getting paid not to fish. Government's paying not to fish. You can't get anybody out there to get some uh, fish out of the Gulf. And then you got people scared to come down here and eat because they think the fish are contaminated. I was like, oh, so there's no, no shortage of fish? No. It's like, what about the biggest ecological environmental disaster in the history of mankind? He says, I don't know where it is. It's not here in the Gulf. He was right in the Gulf. I had in the map. I had the thing. You go check on the wall of calls, elkcluster.com, where I made that call. It's like, oh, yeah, you follow up on this stuff. And it's like, well, uh, what what's going on? It's like, nothing. Nothing. It's like, okay. Good to know that. I mean, yeah, really. The worst environmental disaster in history. Then he, he, and then I, you know, I get, get to thinking about it. It's like, where's that all that oil coming from? Oh, it's coming out of the ocean floor. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, oh, is that artificial chemicals coming out of there? Oil is artificial chemical, ain't it? Don't they make it in refineries? It's like, no, it's some kind of a. Uh, 
from what I understand it, uh, you hear different things from different people, but it's 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 some kind of it's obviously some kind of organic material that has something either to do with a uh, some type some type of uh, it may even be bacterial plant life or something that is will grow or don't don't misquote me on this I, I don't know exactly but it's 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 in other words like if they tap a well and then they drill it out and then they get all the oil out they can go back and they could drill in later and it's full again there is no oil shortage it's something that's generated in the ground it's some kind of a biological process with crap that lives way under the ground there's animals and stuff organisms and stuff down under the ground some kind of um it's not an algae it's something something akin to that it's not dinosaur bones it's not dinosaur bones it's like that's people that oh, it's dinosaur bones you weren't burning there's only a certain amount of dinosaur bones once we use up all the dinosaur bones we ain't gonna have no more oil it's like no it's not dinosaur bones i don't know exactly what it is you know i sound like a dummy but it's not i'm, I'm certain it's not dinosaur bones because if there's no dino, okay. If it's dinosaur bones, how do you go back to the well and there's more oil in there later? Did more dinosaurs sneak down in there and die, or there ain't supposed to be any dinosaurs? I don't believe there's dinosaurs anyway. Well, I gotta qualify that because I, you know, but like you know, this all the stuff they show you and all those books and stuff like that. It's like I don't know. Half that most of that stuff didn't exist. Some of it probably did. Some of it didn't. Some of it might still exist today. From if you if you listen to some people that have gone and hunted brontosaurus down in the uh, jungles of uh, Africa, uh, they have a word for them, Achillean Bembe. It's like a legend, and the locals know. And it's like, and they show them pictures out of the like the brontosaurus with the long neck and the long tail, and they say, "Yeah, so that's it. That's Achillean uh, Bembe." Achillean Bembe says it. It's like, yeah, okay. How do they know what that thing's supposed to look like? But it's like, oh, it probably. There's still a few of them around. Like I was talking about gators. There's probably, you know, gators here. If I looked hard enough in my backyard, walk down the alley, I might see one. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know about that. But um, the, 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 uh, man, did I just totally lose my train of thought? You're talking about, um, yeah, it's, wow, did I just totally get off track? Well, we're talking about, um, um, yeah, the, the system, the artificial system. You don't trust anything that you hear in the media. And, uh, and I'm, I'm talking about dinosaurs. Oh, okay, the BP oil spill. And then uh, I got a fact track. Holy crap, what's wrong with me? Uh Yeah, we follow up. The media made a big deal out of it, is what I'm trying to say. And they're full of crap. So we got these, we got the BP oil spill. Oh, yeah, and then the, the guy that's actor in the Orlando. Man, what is what's wrong with me? Uh, okay, yeah, we're the actor in the BP, and I got off on talking about oil, and I got off talking about dinosaurs. All right. The guy at the thing, at the guard shack and then he's an actor he's obviously acting watch that he's obviously acting and it's supposed to be like verite he's supposed to be like really pulling up to the dude and they're supposed to have a hidden camera and he's supposed to be for this documentary on the bp oil spill all right all right you know but he's obviously acting come on look at him he's acting and then he was in something else and then i think a couple other things like a b-grade actor wanna be hanger on 
you know, we're, we're talking about that. Me and John were talking about this. There's shit tons of these people around. They want to be actors. They've they've been raised, suckled off television from the infancy. I mean, literally infancy. I mean, seeing I know people that uh, it's god awful, but yeah, they got their babies. I've seen this, and it's like I, I don't want to even say who it was or who people I've seen doing this, but it's like they take the baby, the baby's in the baby bat or the baby seat and they have the little bassinet or whatever and propped up in front of the freaking tv the baby's like eight months old not even a year old and like okay you get people you get people that come out of that and and they and they're they're spun in the head you know you got all these people now in our culture and our society they want to be actors they want to be stars they want to get on tv you got that guy, that, that Omar Mateen guy. He probably wants to be an actor. He wants his 15 minutes of fame. And they say, hey, we got a role for you. It's not going to be a, appealing. You're going to go down as a shit bag or dirt bag. But, you know, you're going to get a new identity. You're going to go somewhere else to live. You're going to worry about it. You just got to, you know, rake in the dough. It's a lifetime acting gig is what I'm saying. It's like this, this stuff is sophisticated there there's no doubt about it it's not I, I i've seen it characterized as something that you know is it's not so sophisticated oh well they just show you it on tv and that's all there is to it it's like no there's really people that really go into communities and they set up shop and i think you can get a better understanding of that when you go listen to like these conversations that we've had with uh with Jay, and he's he's looked into this extensively about the Cold War era spy culture, and this is something that was going on for years and years, decades. And they would have these, you know, families that would come, and they would from Russia, and they're Soviet spies, and they come over to the United States to live, and they speak perfect English, and they blend in with the community, and they live for years in these communities like that, and it's under the auspices of you know collecting information or whatever bullshit they're telling them you know but they're in their mind they're doing it for their country for their homeland it's it's like you think about the psychology behind it think about actually going through something like that and actually think about that how utterly effed up that is but that went on and i believe that went on and it it didn't go away it just shifted gears over into the post-Cold War era terrorism scare, uh, the universal terrorism, the, the Al-Qaeda is everywhere. And now we got a, we got a world crisis on our hands. And, but this, that, this is how it's carried out. This is how it plays out. It's like you have the spy culture apparatus that's been around for, for however many um, umpteen years. And the way that it manifests itself is in these crisis actors and these people that will come out and they're reading off these scripts and they're obviously not emotionally distraught enough to try or shed actual real tears. Who are these people? Well, this is this, this is this, this is this uh, spy. This is like not, they're not spies. I'm not saying that, but this part of this apparatus is state apparatus is part of this, this culture that's been around 
and these people you don't know, you're probably not going to meet them. They're not going to tell you like, what do you, what do you do or whatever? There's going to be somebody that you see at work or somebody you see around. It's like, well, they have a job. They had a job before they even started working at Dead Play. They had a job. They have a job. And it's like the military where you have the military where they go get stationed somewhere. And then, uh, they're there for, I think the, the typical, deployment will be like four years and they go four years and they move to another city they move to another state they take on you know uh go into another community and then then they go there stay there for four or five years six years or whatever and move out of there and go to another place it's typical with the military well this is the same thing with the the spy culture apparatus that was going on during the cold war but it was more extensive than that because it was this whole idea that you know we need to go spy on the americans and the americans did the same thing they sent people over to russia but what was that really for because the cold war is a bunch of bull crap we weren't really at war in a cold war with russia we were sending them grain for how many years for freak's sake oh yeah we want this is the enemy we want them to die and they're then they're going to kill us and they're always talking about how the russians wanted to kill us all they want us all dead they're the evil empire they're evil totally evil and at the same time we're sending them grain Sending them grain so that they could prop up their bullcrap economy over there and keep the whole Cold War bullcrap going on for however long it went on. And that served a purpose. But the purpose that that I'm convinced that it served was set up for the next phase, for one thing, and also to ensure that, that our society, our culture, had a lot a lot of emphasis on compartmentalization and, and maintaining secrecy throughout the entire system that the government apparatus and what that was to facilitate is so that they could keep their domesticated product, which is us, uh, the people at the top, whoever's running things, they could keep us all in line. Keep, keep your mouth shut. You don't want, you know, national security is at stake and you don't want the Russians to get us or whoever happens to be Al Qaeda or whatever. Always been the case going back to the after the immediate aftermath of the Revolutionary War with the uh, uh, the the uh, French Revolution. And then you had the bad uh, I guess would be characterized somewhat like a left like a leftist ideologue. The Jacobians or Jack- Jacobins, and they uh, were going to infiltrate, and they were going to get us, and then they had to, you know, throw people in jail without trial and stuff. Back then, and George Washington was involved in it and all that. And he says, "Oh yeah, it's a great threat to our uh, blooming republic and all this other flowery language and all this other bullshit. Same shit. It's just that's how they keep everybody in check. This is just." There's that H.L. Mencken quote that talks about, oh, yeah, I mean, you paraphrase it, you know, the, the role of the government is keep everybody terrified by just endless series of hobgoblins. And, it's, you know, then, of course, that t- makes total sense because what are they there for and why do they suck so much of our energy out in the form of all this taxation and everything else? And they have this, this extremely high overhead. Anybody that's been around government agencies and stuff like that and knows familiar with the waste and abuse and the uh, ostentatious nature of all the whole thing. And it's like it's like extravagant and ridiculous. But it's like, yeah, they got to prop up. They got to they got to generate a justification for their existence. And that's how this is how it's done. It's fake staged hoaxed events. 
and they're fake and staged and hoax because you could you could totally manage the script. You can totally make it come out exactly the way you want it to come out. This thing is gay. It's got the gays in it. You got the gay agenda being being uh, catapulted forward. You got the anti gun agenda coming up all into this event. You got um, you know the immigration issue coming up into it and the discussion and it's like coming up leading right up into this election thing this ridiculous bit of theater political theater with the donald trump and the hillary clinton and then his talking points and then it's aligned with his talking points and it's like we got to stop the immigration coming in and then the alternative media alex jones uh john sent me a video where they're interviewing people at the scene of this Trump rally, and they're saying, oh, we're survivors of the Boston bomb, and Trump's going to help. They didn't talk like that. They, they they came across as very sophisticated people, probably intelligence operatives of some sort. But they were just talking about, oh, we were at the Boston bomb, and oh, yeah, Trump's going to, us, yeah, you know, he's going he's gonna to put a, <laughs> he's going to stop the immigration so we don't get the, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've heard this before. I've been hearing... Okay, I'm 47 years old. I've been hearing this shit as far back as I can remember with the immigration. As far back as I could possibly... As far back as I can recall. And I've been into following, you know, politics and uh, world events and geopolitics. It's different stuff like that. It's been an interest since I was in my early 20s. And I, I, I remember succinctly... The immigration, yeah, we don't have the border secure. And it's like, what is it, 20 or 47, it's 20, 30 years later, if it was 20 at the time, it's like, well, yeah, uh, so what about it? What's going on with the border? Has got them secure yet? Nope. We're, we're running on, Trump's running on the, he's running on that platform. Oh, okay. So how many subsequent, pres- how many prior presidents have run on that platform? <laughs> ah. How ridiculous. And, 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 you know, yeah, we're supposed to be under this threat. But the left wing, they, the leftists, they're, they're in denial about the danger of the Muslims. And uh, they're not letting us close the borders because they want them to come over here and vote Democrat. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? You think it's that damn simplistic? Absolutely not. Okay, why are they coming into Europe? They, we got we got Democrat. They're going and they're coming in everywhere, and they're it's like, but that's it's a contrived situation. It's, it's totally contrived. It's like they wouldn't be doing that if their economies weren't being pulled out from under them. It's like that's it's all set up. They got the door wide open, and they bring them in, and they yeah yeah you could have this benefit, this benefit. Oh, you want to get a driver's license? Yeah, you get drive. You need a birth certificate? Nope. Get a bring a drive. Of course. They want them here. It's like it's like you got to look at all of that stuff. You don't look at it. Democrats want them here to vote for Democrat. What? Oh, so the Democrats run all the banks too, so that they can give immigrants like bank accounts and stuff. They set all that up too. Democrats are pretty freaking powerful. Oh, and they run the DMV too, so you can go in there as a as an illegal and get a driver's license too. Democrats run that. Democrats run. It's like the Jews. It's like some people think the Democrats run everything. They're, 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 um, oh, they're causing the country to go down the toilet. It's a Democrat. It's like, man, wow, really? You think it's just Democrats? 
and they're doing it just to get votes because they want it. They want they want that little four year seat at the at the Senate or whatever. That's what all this is about. That's what motivates and drives everything is Democrat, Republican bullcrap. It's like, come on. It's not that it's not that simplistic. It's 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 a little bit. It goes a little bit deeper than that. But, yeah, this event touches all these hot buttons, doesn't it? Orlando, gays, immigrants. What do they say? The victims, most of them from Puerto Rico. So, yeah, I guess they'll be going back to Puerto Rico after they do their little bit of theater here, get their pictures taken, get, get, get noted, have a fake funeral, go back to Puerto Rico, collect some dough, probably get... They probably, the way I surmise this all works is that they, they get they don't get paid for life or anything. These these cheap bastards that probably run this, you know, they they probably just give them a one time lump payment, got maybe ten grand or something around there. There's a lot of money to a lot of people. That's a lot of money. It's like yeah, if I can get that, I'll be setting good. And then you know they burn through it in a couple of months. That's that's how this shit works. And um, oh, how do you keep them from talking? It's like yeah, they probably talk about it. It's like, but who's who's going to pick up on it? Nobody. Oh, they're going to go on the View and talk. Nah, no, it's not going to happen. But I don't, I don't, I don't know. But I think that, um, yeah, it's it's these operations are are fairly sophisticated. They involve a lot of components. But you know, think about okay, you think about wow, that's really high overhead, Chris. How do they manage it and all that? It's like, well, yeah, wasn't the Cold War wasn't that high maintenance too for the longest time? It's like, yeah, that never, none of that ever went away. Matter of fact, they ramped all that up after September 11th, all the state apparatus and the DA Department of Homeland Security and everything else. What do you think all these people do? It's like there's a lot of them are in on these uh, psychological operations, and and they're ideologues too. They they firmly believe that there's a future utopia around the corner, and then one one step toward getting there is to getting rid of guns so we won't have any more gun deaths and then we'll be one step closer to world peace and then we'll have then we'll have nuclear disarmament which is real easy because nukes don't exist but um and that sort of thing that's that's they truly truly honestly believe in that they believe in that with all their heart and um yeah they're brainwashed idiots but that that's that's still a, a true that's a thing i mean that's a, that's a there's these belief systems that people have glommed onto and uh then there's so many people too that are just pure pragmatists they just hey i want a payday i want to be on tv and i want to get paid period but uh oh, okay we got i ain't even talked about the post i got on hoaxbusterscall.com but yeah, a lot of you are probably familiar with this already. If you've had interest in this and look around, uh, oh man. So I got. Oh, somebody sent me a video. It's a music video. Some song. Some band. I guess the band is Spirit over Orlando, and then their popular song that came out not too long before this event was shoot, "Shooting Up." Shooting up. That's really interesting coincidence. You know, this video is like late last year or something. And uh, so there's that, the curiosity there. 
I don't know what to make of make not making too much out of it, but it's, it's still interesting. Um, and then I put an article that I, I ran across before, but this was New York times and it goes into, uh, the, the, the head, the title of it's one bullet can kill, but sometimes 20 don't the survivor show. Uh, one thing it touches on is talking about this one guy that got shot 20 times outside of his home in 1995. Asked the Lord not to hit me in the heart and head, said Mr. Vaughn. He said he never lost consciousness. And then it goes on to say, if a gunshot victim's heart is still beating upon arrival at the hospital, there is a 95% a ninety-five of survival. And this is, uh, there's, there's a book out, uh, the... Uh, foremost expert on gunshot wounds uh, put out a book about gunshot wounds and uh, it's just all about gunshot wounds. There's a book on everything. There's a book all about gunshot Everything you ever wanted to know about gunshot wounds but were afraid to ask, basically. That's not the title of it, but that, that's basically what the book's about. And then he he says that, you know, yeah, you got a ninety-five percent chance of survival if you if you uh, if you make it to the hospital with your heart still beating. So it's like, um, yeah, well, so you had this event take place like three blocks away from the medical center that specializes in uh, gunshot wound trauma, and you have fifty dead, fifty dead, fifty dead. And then the account says that, oh, the police started engaging the guy before he even started shooting anybody in the club. I read that somewhere. It's like, what? What? So the cops were there from the beginning, and the, officially? It's like, ah. So it took how long to get the guy? Hours? It's, but the cops were there immediately. Okay. Wow. Wow. That's what they said. But, um, yeah, the likelihood of you dying from a gunshot wound, your survival, chances, odds of survival is, is, is very high statistically. But, see, none of this stuff follows statistics. None of it follows logic. None of it follows reason. You got one guy killing 50 people. It's like, you know, it's like, what's the likelihood? What's the probability of that? Probably highly improbable. But yeah, check that article out, and uh, yeah, the survivability rate of gunshot wounds, unless you're shot in a vital organ or shot, you know, straight smack in the head, because they said a lot of headshot victims survive because the bullet will typically, if you think about it, your skull is curved, and the bullet deflects off and doesn't penetrate, because... Most people's skulls are pretty hard, and the bullet will deflect off the skull, and then you survive that. You got to graze, you got you know, you might, yeah, need some stitches, scalp is split open or whatever, but it hasn't penetrated your skull. It's not a direct, straight-on shot, in other words. So your your chances of survival if you get shot are pretty high. I guess that's the point I'm trying to make, and that's that's according to statistics and what's documented out there. So that uh, you take that and you compare it to these mass shootings where you have like 20 dead, 30 dead, 33 dead in the Virginia Tech thing. You got, you got 50 dead in this one. And when I first saw this, I was, when I first saw this, when I first got uh, 
made aware of this thing, this new event. I, I saw that and I was like, I just started laughing. I said, you got to be freaking kidding me. They're saying one guy goes into a club, kills 50 people. It's like, I, I just don't believe that. Just that. But uh, so what's the next post? Oh, yeah. The Omar Mateen is IMDB page. You can check that out. I actually grabbed that out of Google Cash. They uh, got Jay sent me the link. And then by the time I got around to opening it, there was like his Omar Mateen's IMDB page. And it's like, oh, he doesn't have any movies. That's interesting. So I looked in the Google cache, and it's like, oh, there's two. It's like, why did they take those out? I don't know. I guess they know people's eyes are on this. But what is that? What good does that do? You took you leave his post up there, but you take his movies out that he was in? I guess they don't want people looking at that. <laughs> that one I was just talking about, where he's, it's supposed to be a documentary, but the dude's obviously acting. He's acting. He's an actor. So it's like, okay, why does he need to be an actor? Because he's dead, right? They don't need to show him on TV or anything. Apparently, there's video circulating of him around where he's supposed to be himself. So that's why. And he's got a bit part in this thing. Oh, yeah, and his dad's CIA connected and uh, that, too. And uh, the company that he worked for, GS4 Security is a client of uh, Crisis Cast where they do fake stage drills and they make them hyper-realistic. Just so happens. Just so happens. Just so happens. Uh, Coincidence? Yeah, coincidence, right? Yeah. Ah, boy. Um... Ba 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 da ba. Fox News. Orlando shooter posted to Facebook. Made sixteen calls during the attack. <laughs> e. Yeah, sixteen calls. Says the survivors cowered in dark rooms, praying and texting police and relatives. Mateen has set access to his uh, Facebook account to search for media reports using search words such as "pulse Orlando" and "shooting," quote unquote. An FBI source told Fox News that he also made 16 phone calls from inside the club after after the bloody spree began. Investigators tracking down each of the recipients of the calls. So he's checking Facebook. He's posting. He's he's. I think he sent Twitters too. He sent Twitter tweets or whatever. And he uh, he's twittering. He's Facebooking. And he's making 16 calls. And he's killing 50 people. All at the same time. And, uh, yeah, yeah. 50 people. What are they doing? Okay, is he shooting and checking his Facebook at the same time? That's what I want to know. Because, like, if he has to stop, hey, everybody, hang tight. Let me check my Facebook. Okay, Mr. Shooter. We're just going to lay right here. Wait to get shot in the head while you check your fucking Facebook. Really? I, how stupid does this stuff need to be before people snap out of it finally? How, absolutely ridiculous. And then make 16 calls on top of that. Calling different places. 
calls up his mom, I guess. Hey, mom, you'll never guess what I'm doing. Uh, I'm going to be famous. Calls up his cousins, people. Calls up. What is 16 calls? What is he calling? What is he calling? Who's he calling? 16 calls. But it's like, man. So is he on the phone and shooting at the same time? Is that what they're suggesting? Or did he stop? And if he's stopping making phone calls, the people just lay lay there. I don't. What is how stupid does this need to be? How how ridiculous does it need to be? And I went into how ridiculous it was. It, okay, it took him two full days to identify everybody. And uh, I I I was reading another article, and they're talking about oh yeah, well maybe you know there was fake IDs, and I said well yeah maybe okay maybe that's you know, it's like. And then I got to thinking about it again. It's like, uh, no, they can verify if you have a legitimate ID in about two seconds by swiping it through a reader and it checks it against their database. So I don't, you know, that would rule out fake IDs being an issue. But um, uh, if they don't have that, I don't know, because they won't answer any of my questions. So I don't know. But I, that's, that seems quite absurd. Two full days to identify. I don't care if 50 people put put five guys on it, have them each take 10 each, right? How long does it take you to drag a wallet out of somebody's, pull their ID out and say, uh, okay, here's their ID. Oh, man. This is ridiculous, ridiculous. But no, they needed the drama of the people like, I don't know where my son is. I don't know where my, my, like that one guy. Wait, what is it? I got him on here too. Folks must call it. Uh, Oh, Andy Moss on CNN, Orlando shooting witness. I, I just, so I was at the club and, uh, I, um, I heard the shooting and I thought it was maybe a, a game, but then you come to realize it's not a game and you got to do what you got to do. It's like, what the fuck, man? It's uh, that's that's what he said. It said something to that effect. But um, yeah. What? How 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 ridiculous do these crisis actors need to be? How how bad do they need to be at acting? How ridiculous does the storyline need to be? I mean, how many contradictory motives can you put out? You know, like oh, he saw two gay guys kissing. And other stuff he, that got him mad and his, his, his stirred up his uh, his uh, homophobia to the point where he wants to shoot everybody. That's what he, that's what why he did it. It's like no, he called ISIS from nine. He called nine one one and uh, and 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 pledged allegiance to ISIS. And it's these these ISIS a sleeper agent. And it's like okay, and then other one said that oh he was jealous because he's gay and he's jealous of somebody at the club and it was jealousy so what are the motives well all three right all three of them interchangeable you just, whatever you happen to be i'm a trump supporter i i i i i think these immigrant these so then he was isis and then and then you're you're a gay activist and it's like oh he's a homophobe and then it's like you're you're it's something for everybody is what I'm trying to say. They, so they can put out multiple motives and you just pick whatever one that catches your ear. That's how this shit works too. It's pure propaganda, multifaceted. So they, they, they could just throw every 
motive out a couple of different ones, maybe four or five, six different ones for everybody, every, everybody's, uh, predisposed ideology or whatever they want to latch onto. And then, uh, and then of course guns come into it. Oh, he had such easy access to guns. They said he legally purchased guns. He had firearms licenses and all that. So I guess that enters into the narrative too. It's too easy to get guns. It's like too easy to get guns legally even. So they're adding that into the narrative. But uh, on and on and on and on. With the gun grabbing the gun. Yeah, they're going to eventually start either confiscating. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm not going to make a prediction, but... There's going to be, this is going to come to a head at some point. There's no doubt about it. And they did it in Australia, right? And they did it in the UK. They did this gun ban in the Western world. And we're part of the Western world. What's taken us so long to, to start really hammering away at like gun ownership and stuff? It's like, is, is there real opposition? I, I don't know. I tend to think so. I think the NRA is totally controlled opposition, though. But um, yeah, it's it's it's, sometimes this stuff takes time. But we're getting there, and they're not going to let up on this shit. I guarantee you. There's just there's that percentage of the population that it it doesn't matter. They can have fucking Ronald McDonald doing the shooting, and it's like, oh, who was the guy that was in the Ronald McDonald makeup? It's like, no, it was fucking Ronald. F. McDonald, motherfucker, and he shot the place up. The real Ronald McDonald. Oh, god damn. What are we going to do? Now our, now our beloved cartoon characters are coming alive, killing people. They could run whatever. Something as ridiculous as that. It doesn't matter. People, there's that percentage of population that will not fucking snap out of it, ever. It's, they're just not. And that's who they're dependent on. Totally dependent on. So like, a lot of people are aware of this stuff now. A lot of people have been looking into this stuff now. More and more people are waking up to it. I'm not saying there's not plenty of people just becoming aware of it. But it's like, back to what I was talking about in the beginning. What are you going to do about it? You're totally wholly dependent on civilization, right? You, you're not going to start up your own thing. And that's where we're at. That's where we're at. We're in civilization, and we're kind of stuck, right? Is that, I mean, we're totally without hope? I mean, it's like, well, I don't know. Depending on how you want to look at it. But do I want to be having this game run on me? No, I don't. I don't. I don't want to have one twinge of concern about any of this shit because I know it's fake. So it's a load off. It's a load off my mind as knowing that civilization is effed up and this is what it's about. I don't expend any energy voting or doing this other crap. It's totally pointless. So it's, yeah, it's going to save you time. It's going to save you. It's going to save you uh, sweat, sweating over this stuff, worrying, anxious over this stuff. It's going to save you a lot. It's going to make you more aware. It's going to make you more attuned. It's going to. It's liber- It's liberating. It's freeing. It's like it's, it's. It's good to know about this stuff. It's like, come on. It's like what? What are you looking at? Why do you spend so much time? It's like, oh, it's, it's a good, <laughs> it's good to know what's going on. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
I'll skip a couple of these. Oh, the green screen. Oh, was she really in front of a green screen? It doesn't really matter. I mean, she's so piss poor. Green screen wouldn't help her ass. I don't think anything would help her ass act any better. It's obviously just the piss poor actor of the year or the century or whatever. I mean, really, really bad. Green screen, not green screen. Really, does it make a big difference? Could they shoot something fake and staged on the street? Could they have a real witness inside a studio? Could Does it really make any difference? The green screen, not green screen. I don't think it makes that much difference. Green screen, not. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, they set up these canopies outside, apparently, according to that photo there on the hoaxpushcall.com. And they have studio lights under the canopy, and they have somebody stand out of the direct sunlight, and they and they light them with uh, artificial lighting. Yeah, that's probably the way they do it for real. Why not? I mean, they certainly got the budget to do that kind of horse shit. They can go shoot wherever they want and set up fake stage. Makes it more realistic, doesn't it, too? Let's go on the scene. Just like they have real people that really went to the nightclub. That people knew. That people actually believe that are actually dead. I believe that's how this stuff works. It's it's fleshed out. This stuff is fleshed out. This is this is the this is the extension of the like a continuation rather of the Cold War spy culture apparatus. This is how it works. People go into these communities like the Sandy Hook people. What are they so many people were pointed out to have moved into the Newtown Newton air a Newtown, Connecticut area two years couple of years prior new transplants which is in our culture and society is totally typical you have somebody move in next door who are these people oh, fuck if i know who do you like how easy is it to pull this crap off it's real easy and uh but you know it takes time and it has to be uh a lot of stuff involved and uh i was listening to jay talking about uh the movie The Prestige, and he, he made some really good points about that. And uh, I've talked about that film before. And I think one of the more profound scenes, because I, you know, I'm watching this and I'm realizing it's like there's a lot that is being communicated in this film. And I, you know, I couldn't wrap my mind around a lot of it, but it's like a lot of it I, I picked up on. And one of the things was like they were talking about, um, so there's, there's a scene where it's these two magicians. And uh, so I think at that point in the film, they're buddies and they're looking at this guy who is a magician as China, Chinese dude. He's like this old guy and he's got a fishbowl and he makes it appear on the table out of like nowhere. It's like, how the hell did he do that? How's he doing this? And they're trying to figure out his tricks. Like, how did he do that? And he's like, this is the only way is he, he's carrying the fishbowl between his legs. And he says, no, man. I mean, look at the guy. And they're standing there on the street. And this is after the show. And the guys and the Chinese guys leaving. They say, look at him. He's crippled up. He can barely walk. He says, he ain't carrying no fishbowl between his legs. And then he goes on to explain. He says, you think about this, dude. He said he, he came up in poverty. And the only way for him to get out was to get into being a showman, a, a magician. 
So he's been spending his entire life since he was a kid doing this. And and what in other words, what extremes do you go to 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 pull off the trick? He says you're looking at his act now, his crippled act. That's that's his part of his act. His act doesn't stop; it goes on. In other words, it's it's a in order to pull off a successful illusion, sometimes you got to go to extensive lengths. And there's also a, a interview with uh, Penn and Teller, and they. They were going into how they pulled off a trick. They did it on the David Letterman show where they had a bunch of cockroaches come out of a hat or something. And they talked about how involved that trick was and what they had to go through to get that trick and to get it and to pull it off. They had to get the cockroach. They had to get a cockroach train. They had to order cockroach. They had to put them and then they had to put them in like they had to put them like half asleep. Somehow they got the cockroaches kind of half hibernated or something. Got them to chill out. Got them enough of them. They get in this hat enough of them. to It's like, it was just really drawn out and involved. Well, that's sometimes that's what it takes to get a, a, a successful illusion to fool enough people. And then another thing too, about that is that that is, you know, your suspension of disbelief where the most people they'll think they they won't they don't think that way they say they they won't think that wow you go that much trouble just makes cockroaches come out of a hat but it's like no think about it again it's like that's what they do the dudes are rich they that's what they do for a living but it's like the, it's the illusion and the illusion of the thing it's like that's that's what you got to go through to pull it off same thing with these hoax shootings and stuff like that. You think you think of like people moving into a community. Uh, interesting thing I I noticed as I'm looking at this thing that you know because there was a a, a a caller that that would go on the calls with this that he had somebody that he worked with in D.C. during the Naval Shipyard shooting said this lady had come in the store says I know her and she said she had a good friend that died there. So I don't know. This is fake. I don't know. How does she lying? It's like, it's like, dude, she's probably not lying. I was like, I don't know. Like, it's like, I don't know. I've personally talked to people myself. I've talked to people that all uh, these people I met, I was at hiking one time and it, it was on the anniversary of nine 11. So we struck up that conversation. They said, my sister saw people jumping out of the towers. And that, cause I was telling them that I thought the whole thing was fake and staged. And I said, no, nah, I believe you. She saw that. I th- it's like, does that mean that people actually jumped out of the towers? It's like you got to go further into that. You got to drill down into that. It's like how far was she away? What vantage point? What did she see? What did she really, really see? Because you got to remember the television is filling in all the blanks for you. So you saw something. Well, that must have been somebody falling because that's what the TV said that was falling out of the thing. Must have been a person. So what was it? It was an animatronic dummy. Well, see, no, my sister's trained uh, on uh, watching people that are you know, su- committing suicide. It'll jump out. So she's trained to observe from a distance what to distinguish a human from a dummy. Nobody is. Like, that's ridiculous. That's stupid. Why would I even say that? Because, like, no, because you see what I'm getting at. It's like you have to have, you have to know exactly what you're talking about. I know somebody that was there. I know somebody that was there that got shot. Well, who was it? Was it your 
sister? No, it was a friend of mine. Oh, it's always some like a friend or like a like you know some distant. Uh, you'll hear people say that it's like it's, it's some kind of um, twice removed connection between them. It's not direct relatives. But is that true? Do they know somebody? I think so. Yeah. Just like I said, but who are these people? Do you really, really know these people? Um, you know, somebody saying that had had their brother die or their sister die or, or mom die or dad die, that's a totally different story. But who are the who are these people? Where are they at? But uh I noticed there's caller in her to the call, Hoaxbusters call. Uh so I've been over an hour talking, 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 and talking more, uh, 10 minutes more than I normally do. That's okay. There is no exact well-defined structure to this because it's kind of loose and informal and I, and, uh, I get complaints from time to time. It's, uh, not, not, not many, but, um, people will point out that like, oh yeah, there's a lot of beeps and bloops and stuff coming in it's like yeah but hey you know it's like it's just low budget man i don't have a studio i don't have um you know i'm barely maintaining what i got i'll put it that way and it's a simple setup and it works fairly decent and i'm able to get pretty good decent sound quality out of it but yeah it's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination but i do work pretty hard to get it the best i can get it so yeah instead of you know complaining maybe send a donation or something i try that out that would be nice but yeah i do appreciate people's donations and i don't i don't uh go on and on about it uh, if, if people want to send me a donation that's great uh tresser sent me a donation uh and i appreciate that man and uh yeah and i got that's uh so far, that's the only one I've gotten in a while, and um, yeah, it's it's nice to get donations. I don't make any, you know, I get donations here and there, but it's like that's you know, I'm not I'm not uh, making out on this thing at all. I've been doing it for four years. I'm not, you know, I get I get a donation here and there, which is cool. I, I appreciate it, but like, uh, yeah, I'm not in it for the money. <laughs> that's for sure. Um. So what was I going to do? Um, yeah, we're going to play this bumper. And then we're going to see who's on the line from southwest Wisconsin. See what's going on. Do, 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 do. You are listening to the Hoax Pastors Call. To join in, call 724-444-7444. Call ID 90337. I wonder if that's what they were talking about. Bleeps and bloops and... That's part of the, uh, that's part of the, uh, show, the show, uh, what is it? Show, the show, uh, accoutrements or whatever. 
not really call it a show, but yeah, the the flavorings, the enhancements, little audio snippets, a little. Yeah, I like to put stuff at the end of the call. I forgot to do that last time. I had some stuff I wanted to put at the end of the call. I get people send me stuff. Yeah, if you send me something up and it's and it's funny or whatever, I could clip it on the end of the on the end of the calls. I like doing that. Um, had had a uh, Don send me some stuff. It was really funny, and it's like, ah, man, I'm just gonna put that on the call. But I'll put it on the end of this call. Just remind myself. But uh, yeah, double nine sixty three says thanks. Hey Chris, thanks for the work. Yeah, thank. I appreciate that. Yeah, and I appreciate you know. I get emails and uh, appreciate people giving me feedback and uh, yeah, it helps. And it's really cool to know like, Hey, you know, I got people listening from different, different places all over the place, you know? And uh, yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, um, Southwest Wisconsin on the Hoaxbusters call. How you doing? Go ahead. Hello? Southwest Wisconsin. Hello? You're on the air. Go ahead. Is this uh, uh, uninstalled media? Yeah, can you hear me? I can hear you now. All right. Oh, that's funny. Whenever I try to use my earbuds on TalkShoe, it doesn't work. Oh, what it, what it, you just don't get any, uh, sound. Yeah. I'm using a cell phone. I call in to talk oh. with the cell phone. And when I put the earbuds in, you can't hear me, but I can hear you. But when I take the earbuds out, then you can hear me. Yeah. Maybe that's the way, um, the uh, audio is uh, configured through TalkShoe. They're supposed to be bought out by another company. So I guess the, uh, oh, the Zionist or whatever, Zog, is taking over TalkShoe. And so, um, yeah, we really won't be able to talk about Jews after that. Or I don't know, the Illuminati or somebody's taking over TalkShoe. But um, it's probably Google. It's probably a subsidiary of Google, I'd imagine. That wouldn't surprise me. That would be, yeah. So it's supposed to be some like a uh, Norwegian company. If I don't, if I'm thinking of that area, I always say nor nor, nor <laughs> Norwegian or Norway. Oh. I don't know. Somewhere oh. in that, yeah, supposedly. And well, then, you should start playing. Um, you should start playing a lot more metal music. Then you'll be in good graces. Yeah, that's that's yeah. That, they're into the the um. Yeah, the speed metal and shit. Yeah, I'll start playing playing some like speed metal and uh, yeah. Uh, I don't I don't know what um you were t- saying. Somebody said that they hear a lot of bleeps and bloops, and I don't know if that was like a tongue in cheek comment or whatever. But whenever I call in, whenever you hear me, I'm I'm on a cell phone, and your broadcast is always flawless. Like I don't hear any mess ups really with it. Well, that's good to hear. I mean, I, I, I know what he was talking about. There was, um, I think the call we did, uh, doing the Jay and John. Jay's on a cell phone. John's on a cell phone. I had my stupid cell phone sitting here, 
and I should have moved it away from uh, the mic, and I think I was get texts or whatever emails and it's beeping. I had it turned down. I didn't think he was even picking up on the mic because it was. I always keep it turned down low. And then, oh, oh, yeah. yeah. So he's probably talking about that. So yeah, I try to avoid that, you know. But it's 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 impossible to avoid if like you know you got a caller in her and they got and they got stuff coming in and stuff too. So it's like. And then I was going to suggest, oh, just think about it as like uh, like if, like you listen to. Well, like the older news media, they would have like typewriters in the background and shit when they're doing a report. Yeah, they said, oh, that, that's all the that's all the info coming in, <laughs> right. send, sending all the info in, into the Hogsmeade's call. Yeah, <clears throat> but no, it's uh, yeah. Well, I try to make it as as listenable as possible because I don't I don't like I don't like all that stuff either when I'm trying to concentrate on something. And there's there's all the distractive noise and stuff. So yeah, so I do right. I do I am aware, and I do try my best to make it uh, flawless as possible. Which I think yeah, I think I do do a fairly good job most of the time. But yeah, yeah. anyway. Oh, so I what? Uh, yeah. So not there were shop talking all the time. But what? So what is what is your take on all what's going on? Yeah, it's, um, I mean, at this point with, with a lot of these things, I've moved past the point of being angry for, uh, for being lied to. You know, I think a lot of us go through that where we realize that we're being lied to on this level and it pisses you off for a while, but you can't just go through life or I can't just go through life angry at that level all the time because it's draining, you know, it's taxing. And it eventually, you know, some of the people you hang out with might not want to hang out with you if you're in that sort of state all the time. But uh, so I kind of take like a, a removed approach when when these new events happen. You know, I don't get emotionally involved with it. But um, this one in particular, Orlando, it seems to be very... Uh, significant in that it's tying together a lot of memes that have been building up over the last, you know, five, 10 years. Yeah. Isn't it just so patently uh, obvious at this point? Yeah. I mean, it's just so, it's so perfect in that way. Like it's just perfect, you know, and it just slips right into this overarching narrative that we're, we're always talking about. And, if people can't see that, it's like, how can you, what, what would it take to get somebody to a point where they could go, Oh yeah. Yeah. I do see that connection that, you know, all these things are tied together and it's a snowball kind of effect. Yeah. It's just so contrived though. It's like, you know, like if any other context, if you have something that's that contrived, people point it out They say, Oh, that's just, that's just disingenuous. That's just ridiculous. But since it's yeah, like the NBA finals. Yeah, I heard about that too. I was on a fakeologist.com. And he got a post about that where somebody made a video about the, how the finals are rigged. And yeah, of course they're rigged. But, um, 
yeah, it's like why don't why don't people catch on to it? It's like, well, no, it creates drama, it creates suspense, and and people get invested into it. And people invest their emotions into it. And that's that's the thing too. That's why knowing about this stuff is important. So you're not investing your emotions into this fake shit. You know, don't you want to? Don't, don't you feel better? Not not elitist or superior, but you just feel better about yourself knowing that you're not investing emotion into a bunch of fake bullshit. Right. Yeah. It's also like. Um yeah, it, you do feel better when you're you're uh, taking active steps to not be a puppet, because that's what these stories do. They turn us into puppets and parrots of you know the narrative. Like you go on social media, YouTube, you just see puppets and parrots regurgitating all the stuff coming from the mainstream. So yeah, I mean to just you know, cut those puppet strings <laughs> from the TV is a, a really good step to take. Uh, yeah, I think it's uh, beneficial myself. I don't, I don't, I don't see uh, some people ask like, well, how does it benefit? How does it benefit to know about this stuff? Is it certainly not better not to know about it? Why would it be better not to know about it? How, how how can anybody make that assessment? I don't. That doesn't make any damn sense. <clears throat> I like knowing that nuke bombs are fake. They're totally fake. It's totally fake. Just look at the look at the look at the photos. Look at the just critically analyze it for a little bit, and it's like this shit's fake. It's fake. It's fake. It's like I, okay, that I was terrified by that when I was younger. I was terrified. They showed us that movie the day after about the aftermath of the nuclear war and horrible. They showed us that at school. I was like, yep, yep. yeah, I was like, shit, I'm glad to know that's fake. I mean, I don't, it's like, I, that's, that's bad idea. That's bad. I mean, I, I, but it's, yeah, it's, but then it's like, yeah, it's a load off, it's a load off your mind. It's like, yeah, the, it's, things aren't that terrible. That's one thing. And there's not all these crazy people out there that are going to do shit like that. And let's say, I'm not saying there's no crazy people out there. I think there's people that do snap and they do um, commit acts of violence. Uh, I think 99% of the time when they lash out is for a specific reason. And it's probably typically, oh, my, my girlfriend or my baby daddy or whatever done me wrong, done me dirty, and I'm going to fuck some shit up, and I'm not going to fuck them up. And that's 99% of the violence out there. It's like personal. It's a personal... Uh, it's a per Like, people only get these I ideological ideas so worked up over them that they act out in some big, dramatic way. That's not real. That's not real life. Um, I'm not saying that never has ever happened, That, but uh, if it does and when it does... It doesn't come out. It doesn't come out like that, dude. It's like if you're talking about somebody that's unhinged and mentally unstable to that point, it's like they're not going to have their act together in order to get a bunch of firearms together and get much bullets together and know how to operate them correctly and be in such a twisted, fucked up mental state that they won't be totally shaking and 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 all effed up when they go about to commit the act. You see what I'm getting at? Because they're mentally disturbed. Mentally disturbed people right. that are in a mentally uh, 
disturbed state aren't aren't highly functional. They're not highly functional. They're not cold calculating and 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 uh, um, skilled at killing a bunch of people. That's not the way. It, it, I've I've heard different stories that I'm I'm sure are true about mentally ill people going off the rails. And it's like they're they're the ones that come out on the bottom end of the deal. They don't fuck a bunch of people. They might mess some stuff up, but they don't. They, but it, it's like um, all it's all characteristic of somebody that's in a in a totally disrupted state of mind where it's you have erratic shit going on. Okay, they told they they tore the the first thing they did is they tore the damn gutters off the freaking house. So, okay, that's bad. That's fucked up. You don't want that. That's not cool. But it's like shit like that. And then they took after somebody with a, with a, well, they grabbed the first thing they saw was like a, like a rake and went after somebody or something like that. It's like, they, it's like off. Yeah. It's like off the cuff, off, unplanned, unscripted. Somebody snaps and then like they grab the first thing they see. It's like, it's like it's the the re, the what they're trying to present is like oh here, here's somebody that's a psycho or somebody that's just and and then they have this methodical long planned out uh it, booby traps in their uh apartment for the cops when they show up and all this methodical well planned out and and right. well executed uh, assassination of a bunch of people like in a movie theater or something and then they're going to tell you oh this guy's mental it's like fuck. That's not the way mental works, dude. Mental is fucking mental, and people that go off that are mental are f- you, you stand back and watch them, and it's like that dude is fucking mental, and he's like not he's not he's taking a lot of swings. He's not landing a lot of swings. He's just his mind is gone, and he's just just punching at shadows. That's, yeah, they may be more of a. Um, danger to themselves than to other people. Exactly. That's a, that's real life. That's I've seen enough of it. I've seen plenty of it. I guarantee you. It's like yeah, yeah. Seen dudes get punched out. It's like what the fuck was that? And it's like no, oh, the guy's nuts. Stay away from him. He's on a tear. But it's like he he's. But then he's on It's it's on. It's unscripted, it's unplanned, it's unexpected, it's just out of the blue. Like a guy snaps and he's like, Well, I mean, yeah, he's not gonna he didn't plan that out, in other words, but he's he's unstable, mentally unstable. Stuff like that, mm-hmm. you know, it's like that's yeah, that happens. But uh Yeah, I'm reminded of Columbine. Uh Columbine was ninety eight, wasn't it? Uh thereabouts, yeah. Yeah, and I um, no, I was, it was after ninety nine. Uh, I think it was like yeah ninety nine. It was like right before uh, a couple of years before nine eleven, right? Yep. Yeah, it was in the late nineties, and um, I had actually dropped out of school after freshman year of high school, and I think that was before Columbine happened. So when Columbine happened, I was not in school, though I would have been had everything gone according to plan, but. Uh, so I didn't really experience the full like propaganda effect of that. I just watched it on TV, but at that time, you know, it didn't even occur to me that some might be fishy with that whole scenario, but it just didn't seem real thinking back on it. Like it didn't affect me as though with, with the intended effect, like I didn't get the intended effects from that story. I was just like, 
this is so out of the ordinary and crazy. It just didn't connect with me. So I don't know. It's interesting to think back on that one because that was like the first major school shooting we had here in the U.S. that I can remember. Right, and that was practice. I mean, there was some prior to that. Um, there was other mass shootings. There was the one in uh, San Ysidro uh, and the McDonald's. There's uh, the Texas, um, the dude in the clock tower in Texas. Clock tower. Dude. That one. Uh, there was uh, yeah. There's several others. Um, and then some people point out that oh yeah, you go farther back in history, like uh, the Battle of Wounded Knee. That was a that was a bigger massacre than this thing. And there was right. like the Mormon yeah. massacre where they killed a shit ton of people. I don't know if that was really real or not, but supposedly that was a big right. slaughter of people. It's like, yeah, this is not the biggest mass murder in history, even if everything is to be believed, you know. But um, that's what we're going to be told, you know. Like the biggest, the BP oil spill was the biggest environmental disaster, which, interestingly, like... Uh, that Omar Mateen played a role, you know, had a little bit part in that psyop too, which was a total psyop. The whole thing was a complete psyop. The BP oil spill was a total, absolute psychological operation. No doubt about it. Like you remember yeah, I heard that you one? I mean, it. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I, I heard you mention you did the, you called somebody about the, the fish dying and I haven't heard that. I'm going to go listen to that. Sounds great. Yeah, check it out, because it's like, okay, uh, that's the thing. It's like, yeah, let your fingers do the walking, the old Yellow Pages commercial. Got, my out of my own curiosity, it's like, wow, um, why is anybody, oh, why don't I call? And I called, because I was just really curious. I wanted to talk to somebody there on the scene. So what did I do? I went on Google Maps. Where's the Gulf? Okay, that's pretty easy to find on Google Maps. Not too hard. Uh, where's the Louisiana? Where or yeah, Gulf. The you know was it Louisiana or yeah? And then uh, I typed in uh, fisheries, and then got a number, and then called the guy, and he's like, "Yeah, I don't just you know, nothing going on here. Just can't get anybody to work. Can't get anybody to fish because getting paid not to fish." Like, uh, that's his problem. And then on top of that, it's like people aren't coming down here and vacationing because they think it's a, they think it's a wasteland, but it's not. It's fine. There's fine. The food's fine. There's nothing wrong with fish. There's nothing wrong. Nothing. It's like, yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I figured. Uh, because oil comes out of the ground. It's not toxic. Uh, I've seen people point out too that they'll have those big globules of oil, petroleum or whatever that's coming out of the ground, all this stuff comes out into the water and you see it. It's like, it's doesn't mix with water. So it'll just be like these, it'll like congeal. And then you'll have like these big globs of, uh, oil, like wash up. And then the point now is like barnacles attached to them. It's like, what are they doing? It's like, Oh, they're eating it. It's like food. <laughs> it's like, all right. So it can't be all that bad. Could it? So it's probably actually what it is. It's probably a boost to the ecosystem because it's like cranking out nutrients. It's like everything in nature. Nature doesn't nature. There isn't anything in nature 
like that, where it's going to, you have contamination that's really going to fuck shit up. Well, you have like volcanoes, right? And they put ash. And for a period of time, yeah, shit's going to be fucked up. Like around Mount St. Helens, like the other, all that ash and all that stuff. Got a lot of, you know, um, but what it turns out is like, okay, yeah, it's nitrogen rich and everything, all that ash and everything, and it feeds the soil, and then everything comes back lusher and better than ever. That's how nature operates. It's like, yeah, same thing with oil coming out of the ground. It's like, come on. It's like, but, you know, we're back, what I was talking about, we're a civilized, domesticated product, so they could spook us about anything, you know? It's like they, we get yep. spooked, easy, easily spooked, because we're, we're just ignorant now to touch with nature and reality. Yeah, yeah, I mean, fluoride and asbestos are both natural things that are mined from the ground, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that. then again, too, I mean, that. I don't know that asbestos is not bad, but then again, too, it's like, yeah, I mean, volcanic ash, you wouldn't want to be breathing a bunch of that, even though it's natural, you know? I don't yeah, know it just has to do with... Um, with our exposure, like how much do we want to be exposed to these things, especially when they're in a particulate form in the air we breathe. It's just kind of like common sense when you're in a sandstorm or whatever, you put something over your mouth. Like you don't, yeah, it's, it's, it all has to do with like the toxic effects has to do with um, the way we process and consume these things. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, uh, <clears throat> Yeah, water is perfectly fine, but if you drink too much water, it'll kill you. Or, or <clears throat> having you, you know, staying underwater too long is not healthy either. You know, you can't breathe underwater, but it's, it's totally natural. It, you know, it, it's just, um, yeah, asbestos is, is there a bunch of just, it, now here's a possibility that they put out a bunch of fear mongering surrounding it and they vilified it. And it's and in, but in reality, it's nothing really wrong with it. It's not really going to hurt you. But they create they they did all this to create a, a new industry with artificial insulators. I don't know. Yep. That, that's a possible. Yeah, no, it's like uh, what did we have after asbestos? Uh, we had vinyl, right? Like we had there used to be asbestos shingles or siding that you could get for houses that were like kind of flexible plates. You've probably seen them from right. the 50s. Yeah. But, you know, we had vinyl after that. And now there's a whole thing about how bad vinyl is because it comes from uh, polyvinyl chloride, a chlorine byproduct, and the manufacturing and disposal of these items are incredibly dangerous, supposedly. Like if you're next to a vinyl house that's on fire, you're probably going to want to get out of there as soon as you can. Yeah, because it outgasses uh, bad stuff that you don't want to breathe. That that could be real. I don't, you know. Um, there's all kinds of stuff though that's uh, in the environment. I think that uh, this is a cumulative effect too. It's all of it. I think that gets to people. You know, they could be. Ex- exposed to a lot of different stuff in their environment. And then, uh, um, yeah, when I, years ago when I worked at that newspaper, then I was, uh, they tell me about, yeah, they, they used, uh, 
stuff in printer's ink that was highly toxic. It was a mercury or something. They put it in printers. It would be something in printer's ink. And they stopped doing that. But like this, so yeah, that probably whole area is contaminated with whatever they were using in printer's ink for all those years. You know, so so as that stuff gets kicked up and gets stirred up, you're walking around, it's coming through the vents and stuff, and you're breathing it, you know, whatever. Maybe it's not that much. Maybe your exposure is not that high. But, yeah, no telling. Who knows? Uh, Yeah, I don't know. But it's, uh, well, this goes hand in hand with living in civilization. You're going to be exposed to a bunch of unnatural shit on a regular basis. And, uh, right. Well, that's the funny thing is like we hear even in the mainstream, we hear all this stuff about how toxic this and that is and how it's dangerous and should be banned or whatever. But no one ever talks about toxic ideas and like toxic media and toxic philosophy that is never discussed. And like what you were saying before about people sitting their babies in front of the TV and their bassinets. You know, I mean, that, that I think is a great point. And it just reminds me like, um, when you go to just the effect that that kind of life has from an infant on up, you know, to a teenager or an adult who's working like at a gas station and you go in, you're unfamiliar with the area, you're just passing through and you try to ask directions to a place you're trying to go from someone who lives in the area. And they don't know what you're talking about. They can't tell you how to get there. You're like, oh, it's like I I, I was looking around on Google. You know, I found this 1,200-acre nature preserve 10 miles away. But I can't quite figure out which road to take because Google, you know. But And they're just like, huh? I've never heard of that. I, I don't know about this natural area 10 miles from my house. Right. <laughs> Yeah. 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 And, like, do you even know where you are? Do you, where, like, you know where the street you live on and the street where you work at, you know, hopefully you know the address of those two places. You know how to get from A to B, but do you just have no awareness of what's down that little bubble? Apparently not uh, with some people, you know. Yeah, even though we have all these tools now. I mean, when when I first downloaded the google earth application i was like pretty enamored with it i was like wow this is pretty crazy it's pretty cool i mean you see shit from like the sky bird's eye view of everything around you i remember one time i was messing around with it and i was like oh yeah i ended up spending i don't know how long i was saying how would you get down like to the gulf of mexico or something from here like it's through the tributaries you know like could could you like have a little canoe or something and get down there and i was like following the creeks following the rivers kind of going down into it's like yeah it's and it lets you do all that so yeah and then you can kind of look and scope out the areas around you and like yeah it's, it's pretty interesting but it's like yeah we have all these tools and stuff at our disposal well the thing is too now the thing about all of it is like you have access to so much information and so much stuff now. It's like, well, where where do you go? There's so many places to go on the internet. Whatever strikes your fancy, you go there. And it's like a lot of 
people, especially younger people, it's like they've been consumed by video games almost exclusively so Mm -hmm. that they're just every waking minute they're either playing a video game or they're watching somebody play a video game on YouTube or watching somebody talk about a video game on YouTube. I've seen this with like uh, younger, younger kids, you know, it's like, that's all they do. I mean, the majority of the time and it's like, they, it's like, Oh, they even own a bike. They don't even own a bicycle. They don't even have like, they're not even interested in riding bikes. They're not interested in anything like this. They just want to play video games all the time. And then like their parents or something like, yeah, you need to go outside and play. It's like, I have to, you know, sometimes they will, you know, but that's only after they're totally exhausted. You know, they've totally, uh, or got to the point where they're sort of getting bored with video games at some, at some point after hours and hours and hours and hours of it. But, um, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's like, yeah. How do you, like you see, uh, boys, uh, you know, preteen boys and stuff that don't even have bicycles. That's, that's crazy, man. It's like, how do you not have a bicycle? Well, this is like they don't have really a, a good place to ride. And uh, it's not something that's really interesting, in, you know, because the thing about a bike for me and for all the kids that I grew up with is like roaming far away from your house, right? Yeah. Going all over yeah. the free, going all over the place, going all over town. We go way over the other side of town. It's like, we got a bike now. You can just haul ass. You can go anywhere you want. Just going all over the place. We go out the country. Go out here. Go there. Go down the creek. Go out here. Drive way the fuck out to the other west side of town. Do all that all the time, constantly. It's like kids. I guess don't do that anymore. I guess some of them do, but it's like, yeah, it's changed. It's changed a lot. Like you don't like. Uh, I I do a lot of walking. And I go out, you know, a lot walk up and down like creeks, the parks, do this stuff. Just you know, getting out. And it's like, yeah, I noticed, like, you don't, you don't see too many kids out playing. Like, no, you know, no, no, I don't either. Them. Even on the nicest <laughs> days, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Usually I see like a, a lone kid, like riding a bike or something, or they're in a pair, like two kids, but you don't see like, you know, big groups of kids playing in the freaking alley or in the front yard or wherever. <laughs> yeah. No, well, and you know, the other thing too that goes hand in hand with all this, like, it's a big scary world out there, man. And you know, you don't want your child to go out and get in a mass shooting or something. So it's better for them to stick around the house, yeah. and you keep an eye on them. And uh, even though if all these mass shootings were a hundred percent real, the prob- probability of getting in a mass shooting would be like you know point zero 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 probably five, six more zeros and then a one percent chance. But, you know, still people are scared shitless, I think, on some level, even though they don't directly express it. Right, right. There's this undercurrent of trepidation, of fear. It's it's like, yeah, you can kind of sense it, right? I mean, I do. Like when I go out, I was talking about that. What happened to me at the bank that time is like, yeah, yeah. Man, I really didn't John, even think about uh, it until after the fact. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, John's story about the lady who was going to buy the sewing machine. Yeah, I've heard that, and I, I think it's it's very true. 
And I kind of feel like that is one of the major reasons for these psyops is to get people in that state beyond like pushing social agendas and stuff like that. It's a kind of emotional puppeteering. Yeah, and the same kind of with the gun control argument, like, um, you know, the gun control thing, like you were saying, it's, it's going to be a long, slow process for us if that is the end goal to make it impossible to buy, you know, semi-automatic weapons or assault-style rifles, whatever they're going to call them. If that is the end goal, it's going to be a long, slow process here. And maybe that is what we're seeing, but it's also like... Um, we're seeing a lot of people being in fear that that's going to happen. And that's mostly what people talk about is, you know, well, if this, then that. And it's like, meanwhile, gun manufacturers are raking in the dough because people are buying these weapons at uh, increased rates with every one of these events. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, I've heard too. There's been run on bullets, run on you know, yeah, a big run on on guns in general, anything related to them too. So yeah, it's a big bit. It's a big uh, boon in that the gun manufacturing industry. Yeah, but um, that doesn't mean it's always going to be that way, or that you know, right? It's uh, yeah, it takes takes time, you know. Um, what is this? Uh, what what is this a representation of exactly? Is it because it's just the will of the people? There's enough people out there that are against, you know, giving up the the right to have a have a firearm if they want it. Is is there enough of that out there so that it's keeping these agendas from going through? Um, uh, yeah, could be, could be. There's just not the uh, so they have to keep pounding away with these psychological operations until you know everybody cries uncle uh, okay it's enough I'm tired of hearing about it let's let's finally do something how do we stop it you know that sort of thing you know it's just this war of attrition going on or is this it's just keep pounding it pounding it pounding it until finally everybody gets so sick of hearing about it you know that uh, the, the the tide turns, but then on the other hand, I read stuff where it's like now that this thing has happened is like all these gay lesbian people are going to get are going out and getting firearms training. That's what I hear. I don't know. Is that true? I don't know. Does that even make any sense? I don't know. I don't. I, I don't know. I tend to maybe doubt that one. I don't know. That doesn't seem like because they're because I think the mind the general mindset out there is like. Even, you know, even in part of the narrative, like I was talking about earlier, how the cops were on the scene at when the dude before he started shooting, the cops are there interacting with the guy, they said, and, 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 and like they didn't stop him and he went on for four hours, kill people. So the cops ain't keeping you safe, but it doesn't matter because people are going to always fall back on that. It's like anything happens, I'll just call the police. You know, it's like, well. I don't know. Maybe people are going out and getting firearms trained. I don't know. It's not a bad idea. I mean, I hear people doing it. I hear about, well, I'm in Oklahoma too, but I hear about people doing that and people like, like women carrying guns and carrying concealed and stuff, you know, like it's, it's Mm -hmm. more common now, maybe. So yeah, I don't know. It's like maybe 
they want more of a gun culture and that's what this is really playing out that, that that's the way this is all shaking out is that we're going to have more we're going to come out the other end of it with more of a gun culture yeah it's an interesting kind of dichotomy because it's like well if you're if you're you know, um, in sympathy with all the victims and whatnot and pro LGBT and all this stuff, then you think, um, easy access to guns is bad, right? Like that's part of the narrative. But then there's this other part of the narrative that's like, no, you should take every, every, uh, avenue you have to defend yourself. And if that includes firearm training and concealed carry, then you go girl, do that. You know, <laughs> Yeah, wouldn't that fall in line nicely with feminism, too? Like, yeah, if you're a feminist, you want to be able to protect yourself and that maybe you get familiar with firearms and carry concealed. And that's part of fem. That'd be part of the feminist agenda. And see, that's the thing about all this. I've I brought that up on the last couple of calls. It's how, you know, you have the two sides of the debate. And it always seems to fall into the same talking points all the time. It's like, and then there is no logic behind it. I had a discussion with a dude one time years ago, and he was, you know, coming across as, as sort of like a, you know, socialist. He got, he got to college, and he's like talking about how great socialism is and Marxism and stuff. It's a great idea. Uh, duh, you know, and I said, yeah, so, you know, yeah, I guess you would like consider yourself sort of a liberal left uh, center type. And he's, oh, yeah. And it's like, well, let me ask you about something. It's like, yeah, what about uh, the issue of firearms? It's like, what what do you think about that? I mean, like I hear like people generally from the left are like, you know, they're, they want more stricter gun laws and gun control and stuff like that. It's like, how does that make any sense? I mean, if you're from a perspective that you want the the average person to be empowered why does that make sense to have the average person not be able to you know have access to the means to you know protect themselves or to even rise up against the establishment or whatever and, you know it, it it seemed like it totally flummoxed him he just didn't know what to say about it i said yeah it doesn't really make any sense i don't know how that makes any sense at all but then you know the thing about another curious thing about that from what I understand, I haven't read Marx uh, just here and there, you know, what I pick up here and there. And it's like, from what I understand, that like, he was totally pro-gun. He's saying, yeah, the proletariat or the workers should have guns. <laughs> <laughs> Which is crazy. It's like, I'd never heard that before. And I ran across that and I said, well, yeah, it makes total fucking sense. But then you would think that the Marxism is anti-gun, but it's... But yeah, it really doesn't surprise me, though, that Marxist ideology is pro-gun. Because none of this shit makes any fucking sense, man. I'm telling you. It's it's all yeah. predetermined, like, what camp you're going to fall into. And people will just parrot these talking points un, just re, reflexively. And they don't think anything through. And it's like, yeah, you're, you ever think about, like, why you're taking this position? And, and it doesn't make any sense. Like, does it really make any sense? And it's like, yeah, if you just sit down and talk to somebody like that and you're not confrontational and you're not you're just just because I'm genuinely want to know. I was just burning up with curiosity. Like, what do you really think about this? 
and he he and I think he picked up on my genuineness, just genuine curiosity. I wasn't being confrontational in any way, shape, or form, and he and it just took him aback and was like, "Yeah, I don't know, I don't know, I didn't re- really haven't thought about it." You know, it's like, "Yeah, well, I mean, that's mm-hmm. like how a lot of this stuff is. Like people get caught up in the uh, debate." You know, it's like, well, I need to pick a side because I identify with this for some reason. And then when I buy into it, I got to buy into it lock, stock and barrel. I got to buy into the whole thing. And I got to, you know, if I'm going to be leftist, I need to be anti-gun. It's like, well, why? That doesn't make any fucking sense. Power. I thought left was power to the people. Right. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, power to the people. The the gays should have been armed in the club, and the dude comes in there shooting. It should have been over in five seconds. Somebody should have been concealed carrying in the club, because that's what gays do. They protect themselves. They're empowered. They power to the people. But it's like you know. But no, no. It's like no power to the state. You know, gun. We got to have the guns out of the people hands of the people, and then we want the 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 state apparatus to take care of us. It's like, that doesn't make any fucking sense from a left perspective or a right wing <laughs> Tea Party perspective or whatever. It doesn't make any damn sense, well, but yeah. I, I'm, uh, I'm envisioning a new product. It's, it's a mod to the AR-15, and it's, uh, it's, it's going to be painted with rainbow colors in the rainbow pattern, and it'll be called the Gay R-15, and that'll be marketed to that crowd. <laughs> <laughs> I you know what that is not a bad idea, man. I don't know why another gun uh, a gun seller hasn't come up with that like paint scheme. But instead of uh, instead of two twenty three rounds, it'll just it'll pop out a, a flower from the barrel that squirts you with water in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe some LSD laced Kool Aid or something. <laughs> yeah, an LSD. Uh, uh, plume Every, or ecstasy or something coming out or something. I don't know. I don't know. Would that yeah. even work? E- you know, ecstasy, uh, ecstasy gun. Like, yeah, you don't kill the guy, but then in, in about a couple of minutes, he just totally forgets what he was doing. And then he's <laughs> hugging everybody, humping their legs. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, it's, uh, crazy though it's just totally this well, is speaking of um, totally insane speaking of drugs did you hear that bit on no agenda where they um one of them found a clip from one of the mainstream outlets where it was said that the shooter was uh had got a call from one of his buddies in the medical industry who was in Washington DC at the time uh-huh. and they um the the call was allegedly, according to the cops, about medication, quote unquote. So kind of like teasing the the um, prescription drug narrative, sort of like Adam Lanza is, you know, alleged to have been on all these whatever antidepressants and things like that that make you come unhinged. So I thought that was interesting that that little tidbit is out there. Yeah, it always is, isn't it? Like uh, all the shooters were supposedly on prescription drugs. Right. 
Yeah, they're all, they all have, they have like depression, you know, psychological issues. They're all diagnosed by the DSM at some point. I don't know if Mateen was allegedly on any meds. They haven't, I haven't really seen that angle being pushed. The only time I heard of it was on no agenda. Yeah, you're going to hear that. You're going to hear rumors about multiple shooters, multiple people in on it. Uh, you're going to hear conflicting initial stories about what type of gun they were using. The, the, it may vary wildly from first he was using pistols, then, then, it, then it was a, uh, an assault-type weapon, then it was not an AK-47. It was a different kind of gun. That's always, in all of these things, it's always the same. Like Sandy Hook, Aurora, it was all the all the confusion about what he was using. And you think about that. So they kill the guy dead. So his gun's not going to be too far from his body. And how hard is it to identify a gun? Don't you look at the serial number or look at, it's going to be plenty of indicators right there on the actual physical object that you have in your fucking hand for crying out loud. How hard is it? But then they always seem to get all this confusion surrounding that. And then, yeah, a good example of that is, um, Mateen is supposed to have had an AR 15 and a handgun, right? Like that's part of the story. Yeah. They made sure that they put that out, that he had a, he also had a handgun and a AR 15. Well, how many fucking guns do you need? Well, so the handgun was, um, I've seen people say that uh, he had a Sig Sauer. So I assume that that was in reference to the handgun, right? Uh-huh. So that's pretty common, 9 millimeter, the Sig Sauer, for like, uh, you know, military and police applications or whatever. But so a good example of this confusion is I saw a comment on a YouTube video. I think it was one of PK's videos. Somebody had commented, well, he didn't have an AR-15. He had a Sig Sauer. So right there, it's like, well, you're talking about two different weapons, sir, and you don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, like, what? how much real difference would that make? Because that's the thing about these so-called assault rifles, too. You can have the same... Because there's different parts. I'm somewhat familiar with firearms. Like, you know, you got the lower receiver, which feeds the bullets into the chamber through the, the you put the um, magazine into the lower receiver. You know, that's that's the component of the gun is characteristic of that whatever type of gun. But it's 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 going to feed one bullet in at a time unless it's unless it's uh, configured for full for full auto which you can't get those unless you go in the black market or something like that. Typically uh, you can get a license for those, but it's, uh, you know, it's kind of a restricted license or something. So you, yeah, you can get a license for full auto. You can own a full auto if you get the right license. But, you know, here's the thing about all of it. It's like you could take the same exact gun with the same capabilities, the same ballistics, the same, uh, you know, shoots the same bullets, shoots them at the same rate, shoots them at the same, you know, velocity and everything. And you could, you could put a different kind of stock on it and everything and make it totally into an, a totally innocuous looking gun. Uh, 
and then it's not no longer a, an assault rifle. But it has the same capability. It's just the appearance, the surface appearance. So you could put all the handrails, you could put all the different stuff on it, scopes, the, the light, the LED, the uh, laser uh, sights and on and all that stuff. And then when you get it all kitted out with all that stuff, it looks like a, a much more formidable weapon, you know, and it's like, it's all, it's all about surface level appearances. You know, you, you could get a, you can get a, uh, you know, a hunting style rifle. It's got a regular kind of stock in it and everything like that. You know, you could easily shorten the barrel, whatever you want to make it more concealable, whatever you want to do with it. And you could do the same exact damage that you could do with a AR-15. Same gun, same gun, same receiver, same action, same bullet, same everything. Just looks different, and then then they and they have these classifications for guns based on just surface level stuff that's totally inconsequential to what the gun can actually do. Yeah, like they say, military style our assault rifle. It's military style, so you can't have it. It's bad. Yeah, what does that even mean, though? It's like it's back to something I like to talk about a lot is like defining terms. It's like nobody bothers to do that. You know, they throw out these buzzwords like assault weapons and stuff. Well, what does that even mean, assault weapon? You shoot salt out of it? I don't know. What, do you, what does it assault mean? Oh, you assault somebody? It's, it's, oh, well, it's a, it's a gun designed and made to kill people. It's like, okay, well, so even though a deer rifle is not made and designed to kill people, you could certainly kill people with it. You could certainly kill with a shotgun, you know, you, it doesn't take much to configure a shotgun where you can put several, you could feed several, uh, or, or a lot more, uh, um, you know, uh, shotgun shells. It, it, it's just, it's just a matter of, yeah, semantics and what, what, you know, it's like, there's no, there's no clear cut definition for all of this. There's no, it's just all arbitrary. It doesn't, it's nonsensical. There's, there's, you know, so they have these politically loaded terms that really have no substantive meaning other than just, you know, buzzwords that elicit emotional responses in people. Yeah, that's funny. You mentioned that the, the, it's just a funny play on words, assault rifle and assault pellets. Like that's a thing you shoot the rock salt from a shotgun shell or whatever. Yeah, you can do that. So it, could that be considered a non-lethal weapon? You could say, yeah, it was an, it was, uh, you know, I used assault rifle or whatever, but it was a non-lethal weapon, but it's an assault rifle. It's yeah. a assault rifle. It's a salt rifle. <laughs> it, it, yeah, shoot salt, literally shoot salt. Yeah, you could do that. You could do that. You put salt in a... Uh, Shotgun shell. What do they call that? I mean, it's buckshot. Not buckshot. Uh, shit. Yeah, I heard about rock, people doing Rock salt? Yeah, yeah, they put rock salt in it. And I think farmers would do that. And I uh, heard of people getting shot. Yeah. You know, you trespass on property, they fill you up with some... They'd shoot you with freaking salt. Okay, imagine yeah, that. For, oh, fucking bad. That's going to burn. That's going to hurt like hell. Not going to kill you, but... For uh, copper thieves and crackheads. Yeah, you know, yeah you exactly. Some, some thugs out there trying to rob 
copper wire from your irrigation system, load up the, the rock salt. <laughs> yeah. Could you take a shot could you take a shotgun and put one of those folding stocks on it and put like a mag light mounted on it and then uh you put those uh uh holders for shells on the side and you put like a you put like a tactical strap on it and all that stuff. And it'll look like some kind of mil- military weapon. But is yeah. it any more or less dangerous? No same damn gun it just looks different same thing with these rifle ar-15s and stuff they're just they're just uh tricked out to look a certain way it's like if you if you take your car you got like a like a four-cylinder or something like a toyota or uh, what are those cars they trick them out they put fairings on them they put wheels on them stuff like that i've, I've seen dudes yeah like this, especially uh, out in southern oh, right rice burners or whatever yeah that's what they would call them out there like rice poppers or you, you'd hear them going out there oh they got the mufflers and they they're super annoying man and um, like the old uh subaru with the tail fin on it yeah yeah you got the tail fin you got it lowered so that you know you're driving down the road and you say okay this, this dude's stopping in the middle of the freaking road what is he doing well he's got to like practically go he's got to practically stop so he could turn in so his car doesn't bottom out so he'll stop in the middle of fucking traffic to turn to make a right turn off, you know, because his car's slow to the ground. You see that all the time too. It's like, yeah, it, but is is that make the car faster? No, it doesn't. It doesn't make the car faster. Um, um, it's it's just all surface level. It's just surface appearances. And I've seen too. They got like four uh, five point harness and shit. In, in in the car, you know, like just like a race car with a roll cage and everything else in it, fire extinguishers and all that. Is it faster? No. <laughs> so I can. It's a. It's a. Whatever it is, Camry or something. So stupid shit. It's like you know. <laughs> it's the same thing with these guns. Yeah, you could put all these tricked out stuff on it, and it's like, yeah, is that? Take your dad's hunting rifle and just trick it out. Put a folding stock on it. And make it make it all just reconfigure it and put all the tricked out stuff on it. Same damn gun, same thing. Basically you pull the trigger and a, and a bullet comes out. You pull the trigger five times consecutively rapidly and yeah, you shoot pretty rapidly out of it. Same with any, uh, automatic or semi, semi auto. So call it semi auto. Yeah, it seems like the line, um, the the distinction between semi-auto and the fully auto is kind of getting lost in this new narrative after Orlando now. Have you noticed that? Where it's like people are just saying automatic weapons, talking about this shooting. That's like, well, actually AR-15, you know, is not autumn, fully auto if you're just an average Joe buying it, right? Yeah, they said that Sandy Hook too. Remember the guy talking about he's like a what Gene Rosen said it was like a staccato pop 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 like yeah like machine gun. That's why he was describing it. Oh, you're describing machine gun, dude. But see, that's part of the talking points because people are so fucking ignorant about guns and stuff. Like they have no idea. They never went shooting. 
They never actually held a gun like that. They'd have never probably, they don't know anybody that's got one. Uh, if they do, they never went shooting or have any familiarity with it. So they, they think, yes, they think like, um, you see an AR-15 or they see an AR-15. They're thinking full auto. That's what they're thinking. And they, and they go through, they go through, um, the trouble to, to put that in people's minds because they don't know any different. I guarantee you, man, you go, you go talking to people and they say, you show them AR-15 and they'll say, yeah, that's, that's a machine gun. And said, oh yeah, what do you think happens when you pull the trigger? Well, just bullets will just keep coming out of it until you let off the trigger. That's what people think. They don't know. They see they, they're, everything that they got as far as their firearms knowledge is off movies. And like every fucking gun in the movies full auto, right? You know? Oh, yeah. All the yeah. bad guys that, you know, you watch fucking Spider-Man, all that ridiculous crap. All the Marvel comic movies and everything. It's like, yeah, every, every pistol, every fucking gun is full, full auto. You know, you, you pull the trigger and yeah, it, it's not going to stop. You know, hundred fucking rounds will come out of a pistol, which is absolutely impossible. But no, it's cartoon reality. That's where people get their ideas about stuff. That's where they get their ideas about guns. And then they think it's actually possible for one guy to go into a, a, a room and kill, knock 50 people dead. You know, it's like, yeah, what's the likelihood of that happen? Statistically, it's, it's extremely improbable, probably impossible. I would, I would, I would even add to that. But, uh, you know, people just are just totally in the dark on all this stuff. Generally speaking, I think uh, plenty of people that do know better. But um, yeah, there's just, see a lot of this propaganda too is directed towards your average city dweller that um, you know that doesn't doesn't know. You know, it's like the like that actor that I'm interviewing on ABC that the, the Lewis Barbano guy that's got the IMD, you know, another one that's got an IMDB page and everything. Mm-hmm. And he said, oh, I turned around and looked and there was a bullet. Did we talk about that before on the last, on the afternoon commute? So like, yeah, he got a bullet sticking out of his leg, like five inches. And he's, he's showing with his hand, he's gesturing, you know, oh, about five inches. The bullet's about five inches long sticking out of his leg. Well, see, like in his mind, he's thinking the whole uh, fucking um, uh, cartridge and everything, the the casing, yeah, the casing and everything is attached to the bullet when it comes out. He doesn't know that the that it's just the tip of the bullet that comes out. He doesn't know, so he he's ad libbing and throwing that in there. And it's like, why not? Because mo- most other dumbasses out there listening don't know. They probably think the whole fucking casing and everything comes out of the gun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They probably yeah, do. Kind of yeah. It's like, like, yeah, that's how you get it away sounds with like, it. Uh, what was he using a bow and arrow? Was he shooting, like, you know, ammunition out of a crossbow or something? <laughs> how did that even happen? Uh, that's, that's, that's a funny one. No, it's totally have absurd. You, have you looked at the interview with the doctor's? From the hospital there. Uh yeah, I did see that. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was yeah. Pretty shady, I think. Pretty shady. I mean, you got the names, the funny names, and the the victim called Angel Cologne and <laughs> Cologne. Yeah, Angel Colon. Colon. Yeah. 
And then Dr. Lube. Dr. Dr. Lube. Lube, Dr. Cheatham. Dr. Cheatham. I mean, Dr. Parrish. All, yeah, I don't, I, I don't put a lot of time into just even doing the cursory, like background checks on these type of people. Like, oh, do they have a LinkedIn page? Do they have, you know, Google reviews? Somebody was mentioning, you know, oh, this doctor only had, you know, one Google review in the last two weeks or something. And that's all he has, you know, I forget who said that, but it's like, I don't put the time in to do that, uh, look into that stuff. So I, I don't know, but the, just watching that interview with the doctors and, you know, after San Bernardino, after Sandy hook with the corner there at Sandy hook, I mean, I don't, I'm not, I'm not apt to trust any of these people. Oh man, uh, yeah, it's. Um, I mean, how much do you need to convince you that this stuff is hoaxed? I mean, it. I I don't know what what because you know like oh, well prove it you know you weren't there prove it it's like what do you need what would you need to have somebody show you to convince you that this shit is fake. I mean, it's what I mean, really, that's a good question to ask somebody. It's like, how would somebody prove that to you? Mm-hmm. You know, I got into a yeah. discussion with somebody about the nuke thing. And it's like, yeah, it's like, how, oh, yeah, you, well, you need to prove or something on the order of, I, you know, I, he, he was there for proof for me to prove to him that they were fake. I was saying, dude, you know, you see these TV commercials, like you see the the Michelin man that's made out of tires, that guy, he's not real, man, you know, it's like, that's not a real dude, it's like, a, it's fake, he's like some kind of car, he's like some kind of character, it's like, can I prove that to you, though, can I prove, is there any way that I could prove that to you, that he's not real, I could show you, like, where, if I was able to run across it, maybe like something where they made him up in the art studio or something like that, the Michelin man and how he was conceived and all that. It's not a real guy, man. It's like, I, it's, 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 it's something that somebody made up out of their head. It's like, well, it, I'm going to use the same criteria to, to show you that he's fake. If, if you're a true believer, you believe that the Michelin man is real or whatever, or, you know, uh, the, the Pillsbury Doughboy or whatever, is real is like I it's like if you're convinced that it's real, totally one hundred percent convinced that like the Pillsbury Doughboy is real, it's like how I, how do you prove that he's not? You can't prove it, you know. Same thing with nukes. Like how how do you prove nukes are real? It's like well, I mean I could point out that it was okay, it was made all that footage came out of Lookout Mountain, which is a Hollywood studio. You know, and you know so, and and I could show you that that that's officially admitted. And then you look at the footage; it's like how, how and then look at all the incongruities and stuff that it doesn't line up with reality. And I, you know, could point that stuff out. Like you know, I became aware of this like years ago, and I saw that video nuke lies that uh, Jesse Waugh he put out, and he's mm-hmm. like, and I'm watching that, and it didn't take me. By the time I was done watching that, I was like, holy fuck. Nukes are fake, period. Because I we was on these calls and I was like, asked, we were talking about it, and Marcus was on, and I said, hey man, you know, you ever thought about nukes? 
I said, don't, do, you, do you actually believe they got all these arsenals and nukes everywhere? And I wasn't even suggesting that the, the nuclear bombs don't work. And he was saying, no, dude, do you ever watch Nuke Lies? And I said, no, I don't know what you're talking about. So, yeah, look at this. And he sent me that video, and I watched it, and I was like, holy shit. You got it's like that's absolutely right. It's like, and and all the guy was doing Jesse Y is just like, and I and I talked to him. We had a we uh, have an audio posted. Is that one of the I think second or third audio I posted uh, when I first started doing this a phone call with him and uh, yeah I said yeah man you know it's like you did a really good job you just like you're just pointing out obvious shit. It's like okay how does, okay here's this explosion. And you're watching it, you know, the shockwave hit a house and the house is totally disintegrated. It's totally turned into toothpicks. But then the camera doesn't even so much as vibrate at all. No, no movement of the camera, period. Just rock solid. The camera stays rock solid. Where was the camera at? Was it suspended in, in space? Was it helicopter? Because it's not a helicopter. It's not, you know, it's not any indicator, no indicator whatsoever. It's just solid, solid. The camera stays solid. It's like, yeah, that is a very good point. And you could say, well, they put them in shock mounts. And that's how it's like, I don't, dude, I don't care if it was in shock mount. If it's that ex- powerful to to turn a house, in, house into toothpick, it's going to move that fucking camera. If that fucking camera is not it, any proximity of the shock, which it have to be in order to capture it. But it's, you don't see yeah. that. It's like, well, maybe it had an yeah, extreme sure. zoom lens. Well, I don't know what kind of zoom lens would allow that to get totally out of range of the fucking thing. But it's like, you wouldn't, you wouldn't. But it's like, uh, it, when they show the setup to it, they show that it's in the vicinity of the, the shit that's getting blown up. So the camera's there. It's like the camera doesn't shake. It doesn't move at all. Impossible. Mm-hmm. It's impossible. That's totally impossible. And uh, then... Well, and there's to- the inside, the inside footage of the dummies the mannequins getting burned up like yeah <laughs> oh yeah what about those cameras too? The, the camera didn't get yeah. totally f- fucked over of course the camera's gonna get blow blowed up or shake it's gonna shake this doesn't shake just everything around it just is going to hell but it's like this camera is just rock solid to the whole thing really it's like no don't believe that i just, I just don't yeah that's right they had footage from inside the house too <laughs> It is, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> I've I've heard people like try to explain it like um, you have the ground level footage of some of these tests where it can be said that well the camera's in a bunker like an earthen bunker with just a small window that's big enough for it to look out of and you know that's that's a, a a decent you know attempt to explain it away but when you get to the shot that you're talking about with the house getting blown to smithereens and the trees waving the especially the one with the house that angle that camera angle is up high like that's that would be a really tall earthen bunker for that camera to be in if it was yeah and then with the inside shot it's like come on you know what where was this camera exactly yeah 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 it couldn't have been in a bunker no way but then yeah the camera doesn't even tremble it doesn't even vibrate it doesn't even it's just rock solid rock solid and uh yeah that's not even possible and then you know the the, the, the multiple you see this all over the internet okay you have the 
you have the mushroom cloud, the the shock wave dissipating out, which it would dissipate out like a dome around out from the epicenter of the blast consistently out and all uniformly the the shock wave would continue out right so it goes up into the cloud layer obviously because the mushroom cloud goes up on and out through the cloud layer and everything like but it's not disturbing the clouds it doesn't disturb the clouds it's like the clouds would be and you can go look at footage that I believe is real footage of a volcano. There's, there's recently one is somebody uh, sent me that, and I was like, wow, yeah, oh yeah, that's what happened. Like the volcano blew up. You see the volcano blew up, and oh yeah, the cloud canopy gets pushed out away from the blast. It's like shit. Yeah. That was a powerful explosion. That's a real powerful explosion. A, a volcano going off. And then you see what you would expect to see. You see the clouds move. It's going to move the clouds. The clouds are going to be gone from around the epicenter of the blast when it reaches that uh, altitude. And the blast reaches that altitude. It's going to blow the clouds away that are in the altitude. It's not going to. The clouds aren't just going to sit there. And that's what you see. You see the. You know that's real footage. It's re- that's what really happens with a giant powerful explosion like a volcano going off or erupting or something like that. Um, the footage of the atomic bombs are fake. If you see it going up through the cloud and it doesn't move the clouds, think, think. How is that possible? It's not even possible. The clouds are going to be disturbed. You say, well, the clouds are higher, higher altitude. Well, no, the mushroom cloud goes up through the clouds, goes up through it, shows it going up through it. How is that possible? Well, it's obviously some sort of compositing going on, and that's how they do it. That's how they did it back then. I don't know exactly how they did it, but that's you know they could do it back then. They could take and splice frames and double exposures and do all kinds of stuff like that. They had a movie that came out in the '40s around that time, The Thief of Baghdad, and they got a forty. Uh, Oh, like a ten story, ten story tall uh, genie comes out of the bottle and he flies around and stuff. And like, yeah, does it look? Uh, is it, does it look pretty, uh, pretty hokey? Yeah, it does. But it's like it's 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 the principle is there. And then you ask yourself, what what if you got an un, what if you had an unlimited budget like the Air Force did back in the forties? Could you make something blow something up? and make it look more convincing. Certainly, certainly you could, but it's like, yeah, that's, it's like people say, Oh, they didn't have the ability back then to do that kind of stuff. It's like, well, if you look at it, it's not that good. It's not that convincing. If you're willing to think about it critically, it's like a lot of continuity errors, a lot of stuff that's just out of sync with reality with the atomic bomb footage, you know, I like to think of it from an economic angle too. Like, um, what's cheaper to actually create a super weapon like that or to make a, a couple of, you know, a dozen films portraying such a weapon. Yeah. Just hire a bunch of dudes and make a shit ton of film way cheaper, way cheaper than actually developing a super weapon because all you need is the perception that it exists. If you really think about it. Yeah. And that's, that's the uh, value added. So, yeah, it's worthwhile to put a lot of time and effort and to generate shit ton of film. 
and to do quote unquote shit tons of, you know, so-called tests or whatever, you know, yeah, tests. We tested and tested, tested a ton bomb all over the place. It's like, um, yeah, so they're certainly real. They couldn't have been doing all those tests if they weren't really testing something really real. It's like, uh, no, because all the expenditure and the effort put in forth to faking the whole thing uh, was money well spent because you got everybody terrorized about this, you know, super weapon. And what does that do, really? It reinforces the idea that, oh, we need a powerful central government because if we don't, another country is going to develop nukes and blow us off the face of the map. But, you know, if you think that through, it's like, well, why would that make any sense? Why would they want to obliterate the infrastructure and everything in the United States and destroy us to occupy the land? I mean, what good is the land? I mean, then it's no longer the United States anymore and you're not going to have the infrastructure and the industry anymore. So what would be the point in taking it over at that point? You see what I'm saying? There's absolutely, there's no incentive for any country to have a nuclear arsenal. There just isn't, there's no incentive because ostensibly by their own words, any land that has been attacked by these weapons will be uninhabitable for a long period of time. Right? Yeah, it's not even going to be habitable. I mean, everything's radioactive, right, according to the lore. And well, we're all supposed to be uh, full of tumors from Fukushima by now here in America because the wind blows from the west to east, right? So we're all supposed to be getting doused in radiation. Is that happening? I don't know. I don't have a Geiger counter. But... um I feel pretty healthy. But is there plenty of people out there that are convinced that they're getting doused with Fukushima radiation and every time they get the sniffles or something or feel a little bit too hot, fever or something, they're thinking, Fukushima, here it is, I'm dying. Yeah, probably, yeah. So the illusion was created in people's minds and... uh yeah, you know, it's like, but critical thinking, the people even have it, you know? It's like talking about these tools we have. Like, one of the things it did when this, uh, whenever that was, when was that? That was years ago, right? And, and uh, when was the Fukushima thing? I can't even oh, remember it, now. 2011, 2010, 12, somewhere in there. Wow. Wow. It was a while ago. Yeah, it was 311. I don't remember that. 311, which is 33311. Yeah. So, I I remember, like, that being a big deal. Oh, okay, this this reactor ruptured, and it's spewing radiation into the atmosphere. And, 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 oh, my God, it's headed toward the West Coast. And I was thinking about yeah. that, and I said, "This is this is silly." So you go to yeah, go to Google, go to your map, your Google map, and uh, people might be thinking right now, how do, how, "How do you know Google Maps accurate?" I think Google Maps pretty accurate. I don't know how it could not be. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's like okay, so you go uh, to Japan, and then you go to Fukushima area. Start zooming out start zooming out, zoom out, zoom out, zoom out. And then Japan becomes this like little speck and you still, 
you've still got vast, vast expanses <laughs> of the Pacific Ocean. And then you look at the okay, look at the look at all the area, look at all the ocean, look at all the atmosphere that would be there. Look at it all. Just and then it's like where would Fukushima be? Not even not even represented by a single solitary pixel. Just it's, it's unrecognized. Okay. So you're saying anything, anything coming out of that is going to make it to the West Coast. I mean, come right. on, man. Come on. Well, and one thing I find funny about this, too, is, like, even if radiation is a real phenomenon, like, it's, it's said that natural elements are naturally radioactive, right? But even if it is a real phenomenon, the danger of it might just be overplayed. Like, you know, maybe life forms can actually deal with excessive radiation. You know, that's just one possibility. Yeah, I think it's totally fear-mongering. And I think what it, what it serves to do is that uh, just, just to scare people senseless about... Um, Nuclear power. I don't. I don't know. Uh, you know. Of course, I'm no expert on all that nuclear power and all that. I think it's a real thing. Even though nuke bombs aren't real, it doesn't mean nuke power isn't real. How they get nuke power exactly is all the theoretical physics and everything correct? I don't know. I don't know. But it's. I uh, think it's, it's. It's a real thing. And and. Uh, I was on an aircraft carrier for when I was in the Navy. That's how they powered the ship through nuclear reactors. And they said that thing can run for 14, 15 years without having to refuel. And uh, so, yeah, they want everybody so scared of nuke reactors. But we got all these ships all over the place with these nuclear reactors powering them. How ridiculous is that? You know, where does that ship go when we're done tooling around doing all that? It goes, they pull it back in the port. It's right there, the port. It's like all kinds of people around and houses and buildings. And there's, oh, and there's four nuclear reactors right there in the bay. <laughs> it's like, yeah, well, aren't you terrified? Well, no. It's like, yeah, because you weren't told to be terrified. It, that's why. But no, we're, we're scared of the, we're scared shitless over it. You know, like people are, it's like, oh, it's such a horrible thing. But it's like, well, it's not horrible enough for the Navy to use it. And how many ships do they say is, are sunk in the ocean that are, have nuclear reactors in them from like the Russian Navy and everything? This is, they're all over the place. They're all over the ocean floor. They're everywhere. And, uh. So they say, oh, well, yeah, that's cranking out radiation and it's bad for the oceans. It's like, I don't, where's the evidence, you know? Can you go to those wreck sites and and see that they're totally devoid of life where the radiation, that's another thing about this stuff. It's like, go to Bikini Atoll. It's like, is it a barren landscape with no life? No, it's wildlife. There's birds, crabs, eh, coconut trees. They said, yeah, if you eat the coconuts, though, they'll kill you. They got radioactive barium in them or whatever. It's like, uh, I don't know. How does uh, all the wildlife survive then if all the food's contaminated? 
but you'll see uh, no discussion of that, but that would be the indicator, right? To say, oh, yeah, the wildlife, yeah, the, the lifespan is so restricted that, you know, it's totally upset the ecosystem. And now it's like, but no, you go read. Just look look at the, uh, just search into Google about B- Bikini Atoll, wildlife, thriving, and then you'll see what I'm talking about. The, 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 the reefs and the sea life and everything around that area is thriving. Now, how is that even possible if it's contaminated with radiation? How is it possible? Yeah, same thing with Chernobyl that I've heard. Yeah, Chernobyl, according to the stuff we talked about here, we read that it's stuff. It's it's an actual it's it's an actual nature preserve now, and it's teeming with wildlife. They put some endangered horses in Chernobyl area, and they're they've made such a strong comeback that they're no longer on the endangered species list. So, what does that tell you? I, I don't know. It's like oh, it's like it's like where where's what I'm asking is where's where's the evidence? Where's the evidence? Because you say okay, yeah, radiation, you know, maybe the effects, uh, you know, they don't, you're not going to drop dead right away, right? So it's like okay, so let's do a study on the horses and see. Okay, so they must have a much shorter lifespan, being constantly exposed to all that radiation. So that, yeah, where are the studies and stuff on the on the wildlife in the nature preserve that's on. Chernobyl. You see what I'm saying? It's like what in Bikini Atoll too. That's if you, if you really want to know and you're really interested in science and how the effects of the radiation stuff. That's where you would go, right? What, what's the effects on the wildlife? What's the, what's the, what's the effects on their life expectancy? How does it how does it upset the ecosystem? But you go look it up and it says wildlife is thriving. The coral reefs are thriving. There's all kinds of wildlife in the area. It's like how is that? How can that be? How can that be? Well. Like I like that discussion I had back and forth with one guy who's like very upset at me for suggesting that nukes aren't real and said, yeah, don't you know, you fucking moron, you idiot, you, you, you tinfoil hat, you, you fuck crazy person. It's like Bikini Atoll, they, they said it's not inhabitable and it won't be inhabitable for another 60 years. It's like, yeah, I know that's, that's what they're saying, but what w- it's like, uninhabitable that means you can't live there i said somebody didn't give the memo to the wildlife because the wildlife are thriving it's like okay how does that how do you reconcile that so it's so it's affecting the wildlife yeah let's let's go into the studies there like uh, yeah go into the studies how it's shortening lifespans and how it's like there's you know three-headed sea turtles and stuff in there it's like where is it where's the where's the proof where's the evidence it's like how does how does it affect people but not affect wildlife like what is what are the dynamics at play there let's go into that that's an interest interesting scientific inquiry isn't it not not interested in facts not interested in science just interested in what they've been told and that's what they believe because because to deny nukes is denying science it's like no it's not denying science because footage is fake footage is fake but it's like it's like the question is whether it was science in the first place that's that's what mm-hmm. I doubt. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Going back to the imagery aspect, um, it reminds me of Independence Day. That uh, that film, the first one that came out in the '90s. Do you remember seeing that? Uh yeah. So that seemed pretty like photorealistic at the time to me, as a young you know 
teenager, but uh, did you think it was photorealistic? Like, did you think it was, it's, those images seem like pretty, pretty good, you know, plausible. Oh, as far as the special effects and stuff in that film? Yeah, all the buildings getting destroyed, the White House, the Empire State Building, all that stuff. Um, yeah, yeah, it looked fairly realistic. Yeah, it's like they did a, a fairly good job with that, you know, so it's not a huge stretch of the imagination to think that they had similar techniques back in the day with film, with, you know, at Lookout Mountain creating these uh, nuclear test footage and all that. And the Independence Day, I think, was actually a, a, a good milestone for PSYOPs because that kind of, you know, you could call it predictive programming or whatever, but it introduced this image into people's minds of our landmarks, our major buildings being completely obliterated. And just a few years before that, we had the first WTC bombing. We had Oklahoma City. So we have these two, you know, attacks on government institutional buildings. And then we get uh, Independence Day where they're all getting just smashed to the ground. And then 9-11 after that. Yeah, 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 that's a good point. It's like, um, well, predictive programming, whatever you want to call it, pre-scripting, or, yeah, it, uh, yeah, I've heard it described. Um, yeah, Jay had a real good description of what that meant and the way he was talking about it. It's something that, uh, yeah, it's just preparing your mind for something that you'll encounter in the future. And it's a way of, you know, conditioning you to accepting it and, you know, to react in a certain pre prescribed way. And then that, that film, they, if you look at it, it's like one of the main characters, uh, the guy, uh, what's the actor's name? Jeff, uh, Goldblum, yeah. yeah, he was an environmentalist, and they throw a lot of that in there through his character. And uh, so I think that's that has to do, too, with uh, anchoring, like you're anchoring in these ideas, and you're going in, you're, you're presenting it in fiction, and you're building all these associations. You build associations, and I think that's the way a lot of, this propaganda works, or I think that's the way that a lot of, a lot of stuff, a lot of communications work in general. And you're trying to convey ideas or package ideas together. Well, you know, you build all these associations, you know, between two different, different ideas, you can, you, you, but you bring them under the same umbrella and in, in a certain uh, fictional con- context or something. And then uh, that's a part of the conditioning or the, 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 the preparation and then, you know, they conduct a real quote-unquote event. And then people have already built up a lot of these associations through fiction. And so when the, you know, real quote-unquote event comes along, then they'll, uh, the people, you know, at least on a subliminal level, will, will recollect those things. And so, you know, they do this all the time, too, with, like, environmentalism and they work it in odd, through all these odd contrived ways with terror. Like they'll say, what is this? some absurd stories I've heard out there? Like something that like, uh, 
Oh, one. I didn't even talk about this. I don't think. Do you know? Did you know, man, that um, Osama bin Laden was uh, very highly concerned about global warming, and that he came out that in a personal letter that he wrote or something, and they dug that up, or maybe it was in his diaries or something. No, and I never he heard would, that. Yeah, he had expressed concern for global warming, and he was <laughs> trying to fight global warming and stuff like that. And I said, "Wow, that's just absolutely ridiculous." But yeah, Osama bin Laden was like a—he was—he's an environmentalist, and he was concerned about global warming. And it's like, does that make any sense? You know, but it's like, no, it's like, yeah, it's just, it's like a building all these associations. It's like you you put the stuff out as absurd as it is. And nonsensical as it is, I've heard other stuff too, and it's something to tie in Al Qaeda with global warming. And, I, and it's like I know that how absurd that sounds, but yeah, that's that's. But see, that's part of these uh, agendas, these psych- psychological operations. It's like they they throw in stuff that says so like you think would have no relation or no real association, but. By by doing it in a kind of a backhanded way, they're still building these associations and they're still packaging these ideas in people's minds, so they 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 can then piggyback on the uh, the the uh, dramatic nature of like terrorism, you know, like these events, and then they could they can hitch global warming onto it because you know global warming, oh you can't see it, all oh, this hot day is that global warming? I don't know, it's real vague, kind of ambiguous. But then you, if you could somehow hitch that wagon onto terrorism, then then you could you could you could bring in all the people's uh, you know uh, emotional triggers that are associated with terrorism and stuff like that. Because that's that's what a lot of this propaganda hinges on is like pushing people's buttons, getting people to react to react uh, on emotional level, and then bypass critical thought. And and go for something that's going to going to trigger people's um, uh, limbic brain or whatever you want to call it, where it's just it's, it bypasses their frontal cortex, bypasses their critical critical faculties, and uh, that's why you'll see in these psychological operations like this Orlando shooting, you'll see the victim's family member. So that, you know, there's mul- you've heard of the multiple stages of grief, right? So yeah, first yeah. you go through anger, you know, uh, first is like denial and anger and then, you know, uh, grief, you go through the grieving process and then you go through like an acceptance process. So there's different stages of grief and it's, it's well understood. But in these psychological operations, they go from all five levels of grief in a matter of days to where, where you're seeing them day later and they're already in the acceptance phase. Well, yeah, I, you know, my... my daughter's dead but i just need you know to be strong and i needed to forgive the shooter and we just need to be about forgiving and loving and then now i you know i've i've have my life my life vision in front of me and that's to be an anti-gun crusader and i've accepted what happens to my daughter and now i'm here to tell you about the danger of guns and blah 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 and this is three days after fucking daughter gets shot but and killed you know so it's like should be for all practical for all in all reality in the early stages of uh grieving and mourning the loss of their loved one but since you know there's no time for that because the shelf life of these 
psychological operations is short. So, you know, here it is, like, what was that last weekend? And this is already getting uh, old hat, the Orlando shit. It's already getting tired. Yeah. You know, it's people have a short attention span. So, you know, there, there's no time for the five stages of grief. There's just no fucking time. We got we to gotta get through them and out. But see, you know, that's 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 doable because you're talking about oh 50 people how 50 people how horrible and then it's you get the emotional visceral response the people react the react the things they don't think about things they react so when they hear about something horrific like that they can they can see all this bullshit with these crisis actors and they they're already in the last stage of grief of acceptance and it's like oh uh, what do they have that little line on in on uh, being interviewed by um, Anderson Cooper, and it's like already not even two or three days later, and sh- she's like smiling, and and then like he's asking her like, oh yeah, don't you get sad? It's like oh I have moments of grief, and or I have I have moments of deep sadness, but you know, but for now on the interview I'm all smiles and I'm all so yeah, she's in yeah. the acceptance phase. She's already accepted. She's like she's in the phase of mourning when like in reality, you wouldn't get there for like years, maybe like at least a year. Right? Some people like, man, like yeah, they lose somebody that close to them. And it's like, they don't get over it for a long, long time, months, months, years, you know, month, or yeah, certainly not days, but she's already in the seat. Cause we ain't got time for that shit. We got to get this out in front of people and it's got, everything's got to run its course in a, in a pre prescribed amount of time before this 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 fucking carton eggs go sour on the shelf we got to get this out we got to get this out the door got to get the agenda going and um yeah it's just amazing it's just absolutely amazing but see back to what my initial point was is that it's doable because you have the drama you have the impact of the emotional you're getting people people's emotions worked up and then you could really start running game on them because they're critical faculties are just completely shut off and you can't criticize it because then you're, Oh, you're, you're going to, you're going to upset the the victim's family. That's how dare you, you know, to, to, uh, to, to suggest that this was fake and, and, or, or suggest something's wrong with this woman or wrong with any of this because they're, 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 it's completely emotional, emotion driven. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are, I'm, I'm pretty sure there are people who have genuinely cried genuine tears over this story just because of what they've seen on the media from people like Anderson Cooper, you know, people who don't, um, don't have any reason to question it, just accept what they're told. And, uh, it is, it's very emotionally disturbing if you take it at that level. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's how this stuff, that's how they get by with it. It's like, yeah, you got a horrific event. People see it as it's presented. And so the initial contact you come, like I did, I remember so first heard about it, was like a, like most other people will hear about it. They'll see it flashed on the news or something. They'll see it. They start talking about it, and then they have this. They always have the accompanying scrolling text or the banner on the bottom. It said Orlando right. nightclub shooting fifty dead. 
So you immediately get the impact. You immediately get the context, and then what what is being communicated as 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 what is being presented is this this tragic incident, this tragic thing. So you you don't you don't. Of, that's the way the media is presented. They always they always tell you in big bold letters at the bottom what this is. So there's no miscommunication as far as what we're telling you. So you don't get to okay tune in like halfway through. Like who's this goofball? What the fuck is he talking about? And they have the the, the moss guy on there and like like shit. He's he's this. I don't believe this guy. But see, no you you don't get it served to you like that. You get it, you, you come across that, but you'll see the banner at the bottom, like 50 dead. And then you see that first thing that you're going to notice. And then that's going to, that's then your, then your critical faculties a bypass. And then you can, then you can watch Andy Moss with his total horse shit blowing. And then, and then you'll accept it. See, see what I'm getting at? It's like the way this stuff is presented. It's it's the first they make sure it's understood that this, oh, this is a horrible, horrible event, this thing that's just happened. And it's in big, bold letter, <clears throat> letters on the screen so that there's no mistake. And everything you're seeing is real because we're certainly not going to put this. We're certainly not going to go through all the trouble to make, an, uh, make a graphical banner to put on the bottom of the screen unless this is really real. And, 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 uh, and tell you that it's real and it's, it's not real. It's real. But, yeah, that's... Uh, that's how it's going to get communicated to you. It's like, yeah, horrific, horrible event. Because if you was going to get it in bits and pieces out of context, you might think critically about it. It's like, what the, f- what is this guy? What is he? Oh, he's, he's saying that somebody you knew got killed. He's telling an act. What is this? What is this I'm watching? And then it's like, oh, or, oh, 50 people got killed in a nightclub. <clears throat> Oh, okay, you know. But no, you you go into it with that knowledge. Because the rapid dissemination of this stuff, it comes out, and it's like, as soon as they start pumping this out into the media, it's like everybody knows what supposedly, allegedly happened, right? Immediately. It's like instantaneous almost now. Yeah, Sandy Hook was a big one for that aspect of this because um it was children like first grade kindergarten age children right you had 21 was it allegedly killed you know little kids i mean that right there is enough to cement that reality for susceptible people it's like oh my god that's it that's a horrendous trauma if you want to consider that yeah that's Horrific, right? I mean, who wants to even hear that? That's like shit. Yeah, I remember when I heard about that. I was like, "What are you? What are you kidding me? This is like crazy. This is insane." Twenty, twenty school children dead, and then you know, I had a reaction to that. I was like, "Wow!" It's like, and then you know, of course, I was already hip to the faker angle and like so the second thought that comes to mind is like oh okay is this even real it's all yeah so yeah i couldn't wait to get back to the computer look at the internet and see okay is this is this really is this really something that happened or is this another one of these fake events and then i made a video like the next day i think 
and that it, it uh, Sandy Hook outtakes and bloopers. And it was mm-hmm. just snippets of stuff that just jumped out at me, and I just kind of strung it end to end. And uh, that that video got, I don't know, like quarter million views or something. It got a lot of views. And, oh, wow. Uh, oh, that reminds me. Do you remember um, the lady from the cat rescue shelter? She was like the kitten lady, and she had a, a black hoodie on with a logo on the, the left or maybe the right breast portion of the hoodie that was a cat's face with a a red pentagram on it you remember that and she was like she was supposed to be this lady from a cat rescue shelter encouraging victims and whoever is traumatized by this event to adopt a kitten but she had this like blatantly satanic logo on her black sweatshirt you ever see that on this Orlando thing? No, Sandy Hook. It was from Sandy Hook. Uh, no, I don't know if I recall that. That one was especially, like, when I saw that, I saw it on YouTube somewhere. Um, somebody was making a compilation, just like you described, of bloopers and outtakes. And, uh, yeah, there's this, this lady who just seems ridiculous, like some kind of crazy pagan cat lady who's encouraging people to adopt kittens. And she's like, yes, you just get your kitten and pet the kitten. And it was just very, very strange. Oh yeah. I'll try to, I'll try to, I'll try to dig up that clip and post it in the comments if I can find it. I remember I was going to call Gene Rosen's house and I got spooked because I was looking at his (laughs) website and he had like, he was, had this cat in his lap and it had like one eye or something. And I was like, Shit! Is it, oh yeah, yeah. Put a hex on me if I call him, or this is not. I don't know. I got, I got spooked. I did. I, I admit, I, I kind of chickened out. I was gonna call him, and I was. I think the real reason why I didn't call him is that I, 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 I wasn't sure exactly what kind of line of questioning to go into. But then, like after I got, to, you know, looking at the interviews and looking at all that stuff, I was, was like, no. Yeah, one of the main things I wanted to ask him is like. The, the timeline of the shit. So he's saying that the school bus dropped off a bunch of kids around his house, right? That whole kooky story. And then he was out there talking to him and they had him come into his house and wait and while they called the parents or whatever. And, uh, and then like I found out later, it's like the dude's freaking house is overlooking the firehouse. It's like, you're right. Uh, literally almost like above the firehouse where all the, uh, fire trucks and everything were the emergency response people were posting up it's like dude you didn't hear a siren you don't hear you don't notice it it's like you're you could visit you could clearly see the firehouse from your house you're on a hill above it it's like that's preposterous it's like where's the emergency people where's all the people coming into the firehouse where's all this activity going on you didn't notice any of that so you're still trying to figure out what's going on at that point you see what i'm saying that's ridiculous Right. It's like a, it's like I, and I, I don't remember anybody mentioning that. It's like like he's like if you look at his house on Google Maps and then where they show him in the interviews, that's his house. That's what he's saying his house is. It's like he's standing on his front porch and look right down at the firehouse, right down the street. It's like right half a block. <laughs> it's like we're you didn't notice an emergency response, no emergency response at that point after the kids already evacuated no, out, was, come out uh, on the bus. He was busy watching the view 
I think he was just watching the view. He's just a, a bumbly old grandfather who just wants yeah. to love the children watching the view or <laughs> whatever's yeah, on it. Yeah, <laughs> so absorbed in what was, uh, yeah, on, on daytime TV. It, it, but none of the kids, none of the bus driver no, no, noticed all the emergency vehicles coming up to the scene at that point, which have to have been, you know, 15, 20 minutes into the deal. If you got school kids on the damn bus evacuating out or whatever the fuck was supposed to be going on, it's just absurd. Well, where was the, I never saw a school bus in any of the photos from that event. I saw kids getting escorted in a line across a parking lot. I didn't see any school buses. I saw a lot of cop cars and some ambulances and a lot of armed thugs, but (laughs) no school buses. Well, I made a call to the New Newtown Police Department. That's on a wall of calls there. It's like, because CNN was reporting the timeline of events. And they were saying in the timeline of events, from the time the fir- first emergency call went out, when they were saying, oh, there's somebody shooting in the building, we call, we call the cops. They didn't show up on the scene until 20 minutes later? And that's what they said. They said, 20 minutes and so I said, okay, where are the fucking police at? Are they 20 minutes away? No, they're like a five-minute drive on Google Maps. So I called them. I said, you guys are five minutes from the fucking school. I didn't cuss, but I was like, are you five minutes from the school? Like, and then CNN saying, you guys didn't, nobody show up till like 20 minutes later. Like, what, what, you know, what's the deal? Is anybody I could talk to? Like, uh, of course not. There's nobody there that can answer any questions about that. And, oh, no, no, I take that back. The the guy, the lieutenant, or whoever I was talking to on the phone said, uh, no, that's not true. That's not true. And I said, well, what is, you know, what's going on? Why is CNN reporting this? It's like, well, they got their information wrong. So I called CNN, and, like, I said, I said, you guys got your information wrong. I just got off the phone with New- Newtown Police Department. It's like, what you? And they never changed it. And I don't know, it might still be to this day the same. And it's like, and nobody, I, I don't remember anybody talking about it or any, any, it brought up anywhere. And you would think with all the gun debate and everything like that, police response time would be like a, a good talking point. Yeah, well, you know, here's all these school children getting massacred and the police don't show up till 20 minutes later, you know, concealed carry, blah, blah, blah. You know, we need armed guards. Nothing that was ever brought up. It's like, man, this is like a really a bizarro world that we're living in, you know, it's like, you can have this shit put out there and nobody talk about it. It's like, nobody talks about it. And it's like, it's not even brought into the discussion. It's because the, the, the talk, the, the talk, the talking heads on TV and the talk show circuits, like if, if they don't bring it out or, you know, there's no talking heads out there to bring it up as a talking point, then nobody will discuss it. It's, it's bizarre, dude. It's bizarre. It's like, it's like, yeah, somebody's got to pick up on it and put it out there or nobody's going to talk about it. It's like I I I keep ranting and raving about the dangers of uh gasoline, and how 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 potentially dangerous. You get you get some crazy guy with a can of gas, he could do some damage like but it's like no it, you know, I, I talk to anybody I bring this up to, they're like, <laughs> "Oh yeah, uh, oh, that's ridiculous, Chris." It's like nobody says that, but they no nobody I never had anybody say, oh, yeah, that's right, or anything like that. But it's like, that's true. How, okay, the potential damage 
that somebody with ill intent can do with petroleum and how easy access is there to petroleum? Like where you're at here, it's really easy to get. Oh yeah. Maybe it's restricted where you're at. Is it pretty easy to get? Like you you wouldn't even need a, you wouldn't even need a vehicle to, to buy a gas can and a couple gallons of gasoline. You wouldn't even need a vehicle. You could do it all on foot. You could do that there that too. Determined. I I I, I yeah. thought it was the only place. No, I'm being facetious, but yeah, <laughs> it's like you could go get a van, right, and put one of those. You've seen those 200 gallon uh, water container, like big things people use for rainwater capture. I had yeah. a video up where somebody was do, literally doing that. They were filling up one of those at a gas, but that was in uh, Syria <laughs> or somewhere. It's like, yeah, totally doable. You got a lot of explosive potential there. And then I had that video that I put out. It's kind of tongue-in-cheek and everything, but I, I call up the school safety board or whoever the fuck that was. And I was telling them about all the danger that was around them in the parking lot. You got you got potential Dude. there to do some real damage. And, that you, and, and you're telling me that there's no locks on those gas caps. You know, any student can go up there and siphon gas out and set some shit on fire. It's like you're not you're not safe. You're not safe. It's like, but see, that's that sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? To people like that's dumb, Chris. Like, why would you? It's like no. Think about two hundred gallons of gas in the wrong hands. Think about it. You go up. You, somebody pulls up. They got that in the back of their box truck or whatever. They go up to a gas station, they get as much fucking gas as they want, put it on a stolen credit card or whatever, roll up to any building or whatever, put some high pressure on it, start start hosing people down with it. Oh my God, man, it's horrible to think about it. It's like, it's, damn, you, you, you like really fuck shit up with gas. If you think about it, think about oh. it. It wouldn't take much, too. You wouldn't have to have a lot of special tools and stuff to really take gasoline and turn it into something really fucking, really horrendous. You, you put some put it under like pressure, that. put the right detonator thing on it, and so it'd be child's play and really fuck some shit up. I mean, really fuck some shit up. Think about it, man. I mean, it uh, wouldn't take much. But but think about that. Put that... I'm, I'm just trying to put everything in perspective. It's like... Nobody talks about it. Nobody talks about it. It's like, it's so, it would be so easy for somebody that has like a terrorist mindset or whatever, ill intent, to get their hands on some gasoline, to put it in a, in a container, and uh, fuck some shit up. Really fuck some shit up. Run it and run, run your gas filled box truck into a building. Uh, have a, have a, have some improvised explosives, some pipe bombs down in your tank of gas, set them motherfuckers off, set that fucker off, blow that, blow some shit. It's like, am, am I some terrorist mastermind for just suggesting this is a possibility? Fuck no, it's just, it's, no, it's no brainer. It's easy to do, easy to do. Does anybody talk about it? Does anybody, but apparently it's a thing in, uh, Assyria. Says they do that. They take they hijack tanker trucks and blow shit up. And it's like, yeah, fuck yeah, you really do some damage. Yeah, a tanker truck full of gasoline. Holy fuck! 
It's like, how hard would it be to go to one of these truck stops with a cheap pistol, climb in the cab, stick it to the dude's head, you got a tanker truck full of fuel! Fuck shit up! Or let's really fuck some shit up. Did anybody talk about it? No. No. You're stupid, Chris. Why would somebody do that? <laughs> They're dangerous people out there, right? That's what we're told. Crazies. Uh, Al-Qaeda's. Uh, they never think about this. They never think about it. No, the reason why you don't think about it, the reason why you don't think it's dangerous, because you weren't told to think about it. You weren't told to make this a talking point. You weren't told to uh, absorb this into your talking points of your particular ideology or your philosophy. You weren't told to. That's the only reason why. You need to be told to. You need to have the idea implanted in your mind. I'm trying to implant it in your mind, but Chris, you're nobody. It's already right, so I can't, I can't. I can't get you worked up into a lather over the, the easy accessibility of petroleum and how fucking deadly it is. Um, I could show you government-produced videos. I mean, they're from the 50s, but they still hold true today, where they talk about gasoline having... Because it was like um, you know, a, a PSA uh, back in the day. You know, that's, in the, that's, uh, that's on my channel uh, at hoaxbustercall.com. You go to YouTube. and I, The deadly danger that nobody talks about. And, I, and I'm trying to warn people. I'm, I'm trying my best. I'm making phone calls. I, I bring this on the call from time to time. But there's the government video that, that, that talks about the lethal potential of gas. 16 times more powerful than dynamite. It says, well, Chris, dynamite. I don't know who's worried about that. I mean, nobody's blowing up schools with dynamite. Well, yeah, look up the bath, the B-A-T-H, school massacre. The dude blew up a school with dynamite back in the turn of the century long time ago, but it's like dynamite is bad. What did he kids? The story goes, I don't know if it's to be to believe, but he killed like what? 30 kids or something like that. Dynamite blew up a school. I don't think that, I don't even know if that's a true story, but gasoline, 16 times more powerful than dynamite. Uh, one of the biggest school massacres in history, according to officialdom is the bath school massacre. Uh, okay. Do the math. 16 times more powerful than the thing that killed all those kids. Anybody has access to it. Anybody can go up to a gas station, get pump as much as they want. Nobody's going to bat an eye. And it's the deadly danger nobody talks about. And still to this day, nobody talks about it. I can't even get a... I can't even get a... Uh, uh, <laughs> I can't get anybody to react to it at all. Period. People just don't react. I could put this stuff out. Nobody react. They uninstall media. is like, uh, I'm, I'm bored with this conversation. Uh, I can't get worked into a lather. Or, it's like, I, <laughs> I can't. You don't care, do you, man? You don't, you don't care about safety. You don't care about lives. You just don't care, do you? <laughs> <laughs> I sound like a I raving lunatic or am I making any kind of sense? I think I'm making sense, but then on the other hand, I'm a raving lunatic, right? Because I'm waving my hands. It's a deadly danger nobody's talking about. Why is nobody talking about it? There's fucking gas right down the street. There's fucking three gas pumps sitting out there. Anybody can go up there. Anybody can get as much gas as want. You kill. You set everything on fire. They're going to do it any day. Al-Qaeda's going to get us, kill us all. And they're going to do it with the gas. They're going to kill us all with our, our freedom it's juice. fear-mongering. It's so much fear-mongering. I can't take it. <laughs> Yeah, but why not? Uh, they're no, going to kill us yeah, our own like, uh, freedom juice, our gasoline. 
How yeah. ironic. Uh, I mean, it's a, it's a great point, but, um, you know, gasoline is a sacred cow. You can't, uh, you can't cast aspersions on that because we all need it. And we all consume it every day, more or less. So whether yeah, because... it's the food we buy or the products we buy or just getting ourselves to and from wherever, like we all consume it. So it's got to right. be. It's, it's an absolute necessity in the modern day. So for anybody to su- suggest that, hey, man, you know, we really need to, I mean, maybe put some TSA agents at all the gas pumps. I know that that sounds impractical and expensive, but at what price safety, you know, we need to be safe. Because that's what the president keeps, that's what, I like listening to Agenda Show, they point that out, like every time they say that, it's like, oh, the president gets on TV and he says, well, my first priority is keeping the American people safe. And then Adam Curry blows up and says, no, that's not your first priority. But it's like, that's what they want to present themselves as their number one priority. I said, Mr. President, you got to look at this gasoline situation, my man. We're going to all get incinerated once these Al-Qaeda's figure out the 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 16 times more powerful than dynamite lethal potentiality of petroleum that's easily accessible, so easy to access it, so easy to hijack a tanker truck full of it and to drive it into any building of your choosing and blow that motherfucker sky high. Well, you know, dude, how, like we many turban-wearing, uh, how many turban-wearing people have you seen who work at and own gas stations? I mean, come on. That's a huge national security oh right there. You just, sent a, you just sent a shock up my spine or just now. It's, un, it's unconscionable. It's all coming together. It's all coming together, isn't it? <laughs> you thought I'm, that was I'm going to contact my senator. I'm going to get a hold of my senator right away. Yeah, and you see that. It's like, yeah, what turban-wearing dudes at your filling stations all over the place. What is going on here, man? I don't know. It's like, yeah, but, yeah, are, is anybody talking about it but, except for us two right now? No. No, they're just, it is, it's just not discussed. And then you can bring up the Happy Land fire... I think that was in the 80s. Uh, 80 people were killed in a nightclub. And and this, check that out. Look at that. Happy Land Club Disaster. Club Massacre. Happy Land. Club I've never Disaster. heard of it. Yeah, look, look it up. Um, so, 80 people dead. And check it out. Okay, read the story. The guy was pissed off at his girlfriend. Uh, uh, or whatever. Some love triangle dispute or something. Okay. I'm going to kill that bitch, whatever. He goes to get a gun. He can't get a gun. So he goes, buys, he, he, he gets like a one, like, I think it said like a one gallon can of gas goes back to the club where she's partying at, pours it in the doorway, lights the shit on fire, burns the whole fucking club down, kills like 80 people, 80 people with a single can of gas. It's like, yeah, that's doable. Especially like a lot of buildings, even to this day. They even, somebody even made the point that the Pulse nightclub was 
like if you look at the square footage of that building and and then kind of have a cursory glance at the fire codes and stuff that was that was like triple the capacity of the place you know so you had a you had a real potentiality for a for a holocaust there a gay holocaust is burn burn the club burn it just could take the couple of exits what they say there wasn't enough exits for people to get out during the shooting why would they be able to get out during a fire you just jam the exits and then light the shit on fire with a single can of gas cheaper easier uh yeah totally doable once that fire gets going good it doesn't take that much gasoline to get a fire going real good and uh yeah block the exits or stand at stand at the exit with a machete or something don't let people get out or whatever and uh yeah same same end result but you know we've heard about this too um, fires and clubs a bunch of people dying and they were supposedly through pyrotechnics or everything got out of hand and um, they did have that story. I re- I recall this uh, not too long back, where somebody walked into a club with a couple of two liter soda bottles full of uh, something um, flammable, and didn't they set the shit on fire and kill some people? But that 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 story wasn't really played up. I don't I remember that being played up a lot. It was to some degree, but um, you don't hear about that much. I never anymore. heard about it. Yeah. That just reminds me of the insane clown posse, how they shoot uh, Fago soda over everybody. I mean, that's terrorism as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> like some cheap soda pop. Oh, yeah. I would be pissed off. Pretty much that Dude, soda. I came here for some, I came here for some sick rhymes and sick beats not to get covered with Fago. What the hell is this? <laughs> Yeah, you know the insane clown posse, right? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm familiar with them. Uh, yeah, it's uh, unfortunate <laughs> news in the news tonight. We um, horrible tragedy, worst concert disaster in history when the insane clown posse did their traditional uh, soda pop dowsing and some prankster swapped out their soda pop with a petrol fucking set the whole crowd on fire. Yeah. Yeah. Sparked off somebody to smoke a cigarette and they started pouring what they thought was soda pop turned out to be gas killed, killed, you know, 200 people or whatever. Uh, could it happen? Uh, I don't know. Hope, hope this doesn't, put uh, any ideas of some crazy person's head out there. That's probably what I get confi- no. accused of. Oh, Chris, he's he's inciting violence. It's like nobody would ever get that idea. Oh, really? Nobody would get that idea? What about all these fucking pyros and shit that you hear about uh, burning shit down? It's 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 already... It happens. I mean... People, but nobody talks about it. Because, yeah, like you said, it's such a, it's such an integral part of civilization, such a necessity that that my people's minds would reel at the the idea that we'd have to like you know put some real controls on it. But it's like, yeah, the potential, the lethal. What I'm trying to 
say when I'm trying to get out here is the lethal potentiality of it can't be ignored. Because you could kill a lot of people. It's, it's already been done. It's, it's kill a lot of people with a small amount of gas. You got some crazy, and that's like you got. How hard is it to get a hold of a, some empty containers out of a dumpster or something? How hard is it to go to the gas station and fill them fuckers up? And then, <laughs> man, you're off to the fucking races, man. You're you're fucking. You got a lot of. You got a lot of. Uh, lethal potential there, man. The, uh, a crazy dude, an Al Qaeda. Uh, yeah, and I I didn't invent this idea because it's supposedly going on in these other countries. That's what they're doing. They're using gasoline to blow shit up, and but they're not doing it in the United States. I wonder why. They never thought about it. They don't think about well, it. Well, you you have to have the right kind of plastic container, like a like your typical thirty two ounce fountain drink cup, like that kind of plastic. Gasoline will eat right through it. You need to have like a HDPE high density polyethylene or or better rated plastic to store your gasoline. Oh, uh, yeah, a bleach jug or a something for household chemicals. I mean. Yeah. Or a glass. Probably your best bet would be a large glass jar. Maybe like those jumbo pickle jars. Like you'll see like they sell at Walmart. I'm not putting ideas in anybody's head, man. I'm just saying. And then you got man, you got some you got you something there. I don't I don't think I mean realistically, I mean I, I sound like okay, I'm 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 being, you know, sarcastic or facetious or whatever, but man, you think of, you think about this and it's like, fuck, you could really, you could really fuck some shit up with gas. I mean, Motov cocktails, how long have those things been around? It's like Motov cocktails, man. I mean, it's like really simple and, and, and you can really, uh, think about it. Yeah, the bigger glass container you got, the better, right? So, yeah, get you a jumbo pickle jar, fill that up with gas, poke a hole in the lid, stick a rag in there, light that shit on fire, throw that fucker through a window. And, uh, yeah, there's going to be something going to happen. It's, it's, uh, but see, no, we can't talk about that because. That wouldn't make for a very good, uh, that wouldn't fit the narrative, would it? Wouldn't really fit the narrative. Wouldn't really fit in to the whole idea. No, because you'd have to, you'd have to ban, um, half gallon pickle jars. Yeah, Those every so container. So instead of having that just at the airports where you're like limited three ounces, we go nationwide with that. Like you can't <laughs> right. have any fluids in any container. <laughs> Over three ounces, period. So, yeah, well, we want to be maybe safe. that's why they sell. Uh, maybe that's why they sell individual pickles that are plastic wrapped. You ever seen those? Like at a gas station, they'll have those giant pickles in a just plastic wrapped. <laughs> that's why. Yeah. Well, that's where we're headed, yeah. right? One pickle at a time. Only one pickle. You ain't buying no more jars of pickles. Unless you got a special license. And, uh, well, yeah, let's be safe. Let's all be safe. 
um, I don't know what you're going to do about your gas tank in your car. Because you could fill it up with how many, however many gallons it holds, like 20 gallons. That's And then eight, you take a gallon and then you say, okay, each gallon is 18 sticks of dynamite. <laughs> Holy shit, dude. I mean, it's, wow. The, the mind just just reels. The mind just, it's just, yeah. We really want to be safe. We really want to be safe. But we don't want to even talk about the deadly danger that nobody talks about, which is gas, petroleum, freedom juice, whatever you want to call it. No, Dino juice. Dino, yeah, dino juice. Man, I'm getting, yeah, I'm getting scared. I'm getting, oh, I'm getting worked up, getting myself worked up, thinking about it. I think it's scary. But, uh, wow, man, yeah. So we're already, wow, three hours and 20 minutes into the call. Uh, was I, was I the only caller? Yeah, it looks like it. Uh, yeah, with its regular caller enters. Oh, wait a minute. Looks like we got another one. Uh, I've been looking at the chat. Nor, NorCal NLA on the call. What's up? How you doing? Hey, how are you? How you doing? Doing all right. I'm just, I'm just, I, I was feeling your pain when you were talking earlier about, you know, uh, the difficulty level, you know, I burn rubber. Think about that. Think about that. That is for the environment. I burn rubber when I'm on my bike going, I'm hauling butt, you know, burning that rubber all day, but no one wants to talk about that, you know? So I just wanted to join you know, the conversation. But. Yeah, man. Where are you calling from? Northern California. What's NLA stand? Uh-huh. Or is that just a reconfiguration of uh, California? Cal. <clears throat> what's what's uh, that's my that's part of my name tonight. Yeah. What are you that's part you of my name? I'm NorCal NLA. No, I'm just listening. I'm entertained by you. This is entertainment. Oh, cool, man. How did you find out about the the show here, the call? Through talk show? How, how does everyone else find out? Let's through, through trolling, of course. We all start out as trolls, don't we? <laughs> it's funny. On talk show. No one wants to talk about that. <laughs> I don't believe in trolls. Oh, it's funny. There's only people that are misunderstood. They're not really trolls. It's like, uh, yeah, sometimes it's hard to communicate without being a troll. But, uh, yeah, I'm glad you came on, man. But, uh, yeah, unfortunately, it's kind of late into the call. And I'm playing the uh, closing up shop music. So, uh, yeah, you know, if you got anything you want to talk about, maybe call it next time. And uh, uh, we had to uninstall media on, man. Uh yeah, thanks for calling in, dude. Uh, yeah, thanks, Chris. Always good. Good show. Good yeah. call. 
Oh, there's the closing up shop music. Well, yeah, I think that was a pretty good call. Didn't have a big turnout, which, uh, which I don't know. It could be different things factoring in. Got the NBA playoffs and whatever. Oh, those are over, ain't they? I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Uh, do, do, do. Who else is left on the call? Adam Miller, Ounces All Per Day, Flies on Horseshit, Grand Bye for Life, Jimmy Boy, Kalito Bregante, Kehamad, Larry, Locktuff, Tattered Flag, Wade 57, Wanda Wanda, Wretched, Wretched, and Southwest Wisconsin, which announced all media, which had him on the call. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, I try to do this on Monday nights. It's kind of like talk therapy for me. So whatever anybody gets out of it is good. If uh, you know, I kind of ramble on. We got caller enters, interject stuff, and we got uh, conversations going on. It's pretty informal. It's not scripted. Uh, I do make preparations in the form of notes, and I usually have something that I have in mind. But other than that, it's not something that's um, going to be really structured. So if that's not your thing, then maybe this is not your thing. Uh, there's 8 billion pod- <coughs> podcasts out there that are highly structured and highly, uh, you know, uh, formal uh, to pick from. Uh, I try to make this as coherent as possible, but uh, sometimes I fall short, but sometimes we go off the rails. Sometimes we get our off in the rhubarb, uh, so to speak. Um, but uh, that's okay. Anyway, uh, shoot. What else? Yeah, check out hoaxbusterscall.com. Check out the post of interest. Check out the links of interest. Check out the links at the top. Check out the wall of calls. Uh, check out the donate button and donate if you feel uh, you feel moved to do so out of the out of the kindliness and compassion of your heart. Uh, if you don't want to, don't. If you're scared of PayPal, there's a post office box. Uh, send uh, you know marijuana, cigarettes, paraphernalia, contraband, whatever. Uh, just be mindful of all the regulations and don't do anything in violation of the prescribed laws of the land and on and on and so forth in accordance with whatever it happens to be. But anyway, um, yeah, all support is appreciated and I appreciate emails. Uh, and at Chris at hoaxbusterscall.com as well. Yeah, that John Adams would call in, but, uh, I guess he was not able to, uh, but uh, hopefully next time. Yeah, and anyway, thanks everybody for checking it out, and uh, have a good night. Take care. Talk to you later. Thank you for listening to the Hoaxbusters Call. You can subscribe to the podcast at hoaxbusterscall.com. You can support the Hoaxbusters Call by rating it on iTunes, sharing it on social media, fire off a donation at hoaxbusterscall.com. 
conspicuous graffiti in public places. Hoaxbusters call. Conspiracy. Just theory. Once people start screaming and shots just keep ringing out, you know that it's not a show anymore, and you gotta do what you gotta do. And I have been told, and you don't need to believe me because you have no proof, that a small group of people... chosen to be on the farm, which is the vortex of what is about to occur. will be guided by cats to position themselves for a movement to the fifth dimension. gave human beings their first residence. Human beings have responded in kind over time and given cats a residence. Cats are known as animals which are impossible to herd. But at the end, the cats will herd the people in the right direction. That is the purpose of this farm. I want everybody to meet burger and fries. Wow.